We are officially live for the Wednesday episode. Welcome back to the True Christian Ministry Podcast. As always, I am joined by my brother in South Africa, JD, and we've got another face on here. Some of you recognize him. Uh, some of you are aware that he was coming on. Uh, voice of Reasons. You know, I've been saying Voice of Reason because there's a Voice of Reason. So my bad on that. Voice of Reasons. Uh, I appreciate you getting that straight. That's it. It's, it's important. You got to throw that S on there or somebody else. <laughs> I actually had someone argue with me earlier that they're like, no, he's Catholic. And I'm like, no, that's not who's coming on. Um, Cause the yeah. voice of reason guy is, is Catholic. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you want to be called by your name, voice of reasons, but uh, uh, if you want to introduce yourself, I'll let you take that. Yeah. Well, my name is Luke. Uh, I go by VOR. That's easier voice of reasons, whatever. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm not stuck on the name, but yeah, VOR is kind of uh, a little bit easier than saying the whole voice of reasons and getting it correct. So I appreciate that, Mike. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, real quick, uh, where where can they find you? Because I'm sure that once they start watching this, they're going to want to know, and not everybody finishes the video. So if you want to let that out there now. I appreciate that. So uh, we've had a lot of success on TikTok. You can find me Voice of Reasons Official too. On TikTok, I do you know the one and three minute videos, and then I do a live show Sunday, Tuesday, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern where I basically uh, debate atheists, uh, defend the science of the Bible against the secular world. So that's kind of the main focus of VOR. I have a YouTube channel as well, Voice of Reasons Official. It's kind of hard to find. I probably have to comment on your video because YouTube doesn't push people my way, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I understand that. And the fact that you have to have Voice of Reasons Official too tells me that you're in the same boat as me uh, with it's not your first page. Um, so for everybody tuning in, if this is your first time tuning in, uh, guys on TikTok, you can hear it and you can see me. But if you want to be able to participate in the live stream, you got to come over to YouTube. Link is in the bio. And for you guys that are listening later on Spotify or on YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and we're just really tonight. I have never talked to Luke here. So I told y'all uh, on my live stream earlier that I wanted to have a raw conversation. And we almost had it before this live stream started. We were already going. Um so I really want to talk to him today because if you're not aware, he said he he brings the science and the Bible together. And that's something that J.D. and I don't really focus on. Um, J.D., I don't know about you, but this is actually something I wish I was a little bit more versed in. Because as a street evangelist, you don't get to choose the topic all the time. right? You're going to yeah. get approached with it. So yeah. this is something I find extremely valuable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and being able to point back into, uh, you know, certain events like, you know, Sodom, Gomorrah, the flood, etc. And go, you know, there is archaeological evidence for such and such. But actually having the having those facts on hand um, <laughs> definitely make life a lot easier, especially in the apologetic sense of things. Um, since I would consider Mike and I to be more on the apologetic side of things. Uh, and that that's just, just doctrines of salvation. I think that's what we defend mostly is like, how are you saved? Um, and breaking down those barriers where people have said, well, you've yeah, got to We're do more intra-Christian. Intra-Christianals? That would that be? I don't even know. If <laughs> that works, yeah. My wife's watching right now <laughs> and she's cringing because she says I make up words often. Um, but yeah, you know, we, I really started this to do what you do, Luke. Oh. Like I wanted to go to atheists, right? That's what I do on the yeah. street. But the need for what I'm doing and, and kind of shifting it to young Christians in need. And that actually brings me up to wanting to ask you what got you to sign? Like, are you a science guy? Do you love science or did you come to this? And it's like, I just really am fascinated with that. How did you get where you're at right now? I'm pretty much the anti Bill Nye at this point in my life. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Wouldn't have guessed that 20 years ago. So uh, I'll, I'll discuss how I got here, but just to the, um, 
the body idea that you guys are more intra-Christian and I'm more extra-Christian. I'll, I'll add on to your made-up words. Um, I think that's important because I don't consider myself a theologian. I don't consider myself a pastor or anything like this. My goal is to get people in the door and hand them over to you guys. So it's just uh, God isn't a God of redundancy. So I just see, you know, the more we're in our niche and using our God-given innate abilities, the better we can, you know, offer value to the kingdom. So keep doing what you're doing and hopefully, you know, we can work together. <laughs> it's like a radio show. It's good. So uh, as far as getting here, I mean, it's been a long road. I don't know. Uh, if we if we start to go back and get the whole testimony, it would be just a rambling story. But um, I was in the golf industry for 20 years. Most recently, uh, then I had uh, an autoimmune condition come up and the stress of the work and uh, my mom. Uh, sorry, uh, I'll get into my mom and, and what happened there uh, when I was younger. But my wife saw that I was basically stressing myself out to death and said, I can't sit here and watch you die for the world, for the world system, for this you know comfortable job with this money. She believed in this calling that was on my life. Uh, I'd already made a documentary called The Operating System. I fell in love with content at that point. So we sold everything we had. We lived in Denver, and we moved 3,500 miles to northern Maine, uh, paid cash for a little farm home, and we've been doing this two and a half years full time. I thought it was going to be more like kind of uh, just YouTube content. I didn't realize it was going to be live streaming, debating, atheist, you know, full-on science, but God's will is done when you commit you know, then he can show you what he was actually planning for you to do. And that's what's happening right now. You know, Amen. it's interesting. Um, I, I just told JD about this. I think it was a week ago. I was interviewed by someone that's doing a study. It's uh, it's being, it's a, there's a grant it's done through a university and it's on, it's, it's on Christianity on TikTok. And you brought up like how you weren't expecting the live streams and the way like TikTok has kind of evolved into its own Christian culture as far as what's or not just Christian, all religions are doing it. You can find, you know, Islam, they're doing the exact structure too. It's almost become like a, a, a town square for religious. Yeah. Uh, what's that place in England? Y'all know about the place in England where they meet up at that park and they just mm -hmm. debate. Oh, so it's a, a lot of Islamic people and Christians meet up. It's right. this place in England and they literally just get there. They show up in the debate and that's kind of what TikTok has become. If you go to that yeah. place in Europe and you uh, debate an, uh, a Muslim, do you get canceled on the spot <laughs> in it's, Europe? Because <laughs> I don't touch it on TikTok, man. No, it it gets it does get reckless. I've seen some videos because I got some people that follow me that are over there, and they'll walk out there and go there, and it's it's it looks crazy online when you see the videos of it because it's a bunch of people they're crowded around, and you'll have like it's like a rap battle for apologetics. Yeah. That's awesome, though. And that's is the thing that's happening on TikTok. You explained it very well and why none of us could have anticipated this two or three years ago. But I know you do street preaching. This is like street preaching on you know steroids. It is like street preaching to the world. Uh, you know, we consistently have 10,000, sometimes 30,000 people that come through the live show. And uh, what I love about it is that people are thinking and. You know, obviously, we've got the Parkers and the Dannys and the Blitzes, and we've got these atheist apologists out there. And I think it's really important that we have a Christian presence because, honestly, you know, we've seen the numbers of Christianity fail. We could get into a lot of the reasons why that would be. But one of them is the scientific narrative is for this secular, scientific, anti-biblical, you know, kind of version of reality that we were taught about. Mm. And we have to be able to, it says in the Bible that we have to give an account for what we believe. And we stand on the right side of history. We're defending the truth of not only this reality, Jesus is the truth and the word made manifest, but also the true history of this reality from how the universe got here from start to today. We have in the written tradition of the author of this reality, which is the God of the Bible. 
and the scientific narrative is set up in uh, opposition to that. I mean, we can go down the list, how the universe got here, what we're doing here, how man got here, what we are. All of these things yeah. are a philosophy of secular materialist philosophy that academia and scholarship and the media are behind. And they're out there. You know, the atheists are just uh, converting Christians every day. So we have to be able to go out there and defend yeah. the truth of this reality. And it's, I'll tell you, it's, it comes at a cost because not everybody wants to hear it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and this is, this is, I'm glad you said that because, you know, 1 Peter 3.15, absolutely. Where that's, that's where we go to. I use the scripture quite often. You know, it says that we always have to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. And, right. and I've come across a couple of atheist lives where Christians are adamant to jump into the box and defend their faith. But when confronted with difficult questions, they kind of falter and they fall. Oh, absolutely. And That's then it, it, it's so... It's so embarrassing when you when you sit there and you watch and you're like, mm -hmm. you know, you've done no homework before getting on this live. Um, you've 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 this. I'm gonna go and do. I'm gonna go debate an atheist, and I've done absolutely zero research. Where right. most atheists, and this is what I say to Christians all the time. And I mean, we've got 107 guests. Praise Jesus for that. But mm -hmm. if you're going to defend something, you've got to know what you're defending. Um, and, and this is the biggest problem with, and I admire the zeal that Christians have. Like, I believe in Jesus. He rose from the grave. Absolutely. Right. These are facts, but you need more. You need more substance. You need to be able to say how, you know, these facts are real. Um, right. and again, we, we see a lot of Christians that, that have that zeal, but lack the knowledge. Um, and this is why it's, it's, it's awesome to have Christian Christians who, who defend creation. Um, um, you know, the creationist view, because um, a lot of atheists, especially on TikTok, they've got very high IQs. They're very oh, yeah. intelligent people. Um, so Christians make the, you know, the wrong assumption when they read Psalm 14 verse one, thinking that everyone who's not a believer is stupid. Um, and that's right. not that's not the case. Um, <laughs> and that's not what God means either, um, you know, by having a darkened heart. So it, you're all over it. And I think we should talk about this just for a minute. You have very high intelligence people who a lot of them have religious trauma, you know, whether it was like, uh, you know, some sort of thing that happened when they were younger, whatever. Then they go into university where they're taught. If you believe in creation, you are basically anti-science. You're, uh, you know, you're not intelligent. And then um, you get, they get brought in by all of these professors one of the guys i debate on tiktok uh his name is professor nitz he's got you know however many hundred thousand followers he hates the god of the bible he's got a whole classroom full of students that he gets to basically indoctrinate with his worldview well these are very intelligent people with i say all the king's horses and all the king's men you know you've got bill nye and neil degrasse tyson mitch okaku and brian green all these guys and they're they're pushing this narrative the universe is 14 billion years old it created itself Man is just an animal, and they've got enough scientific data, uh, I wouldn't say proof or evidence, that they're well-versed in enough that, yeah, if you just step into that ring as a Christian, you're going to get steamrolled. These people have been doing this. They just went to university for six or eight years and really tightened up their argument. So what I always tell Christians, if you get in a debate and you want to say, I love Jesus, it's a faith thing. I can't prove it to you, but he changed my life. Great. That's Nobody can take that from you. But you go in yeah. and, and try to go, you know, toe to toe on some of these things, especially with there. Unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of sensational information. So we do have to be rooted. We do have to do our research. I encourage everybody to, you know, uh, listen to guys like Stephen Meyer, uh, Jason Lyle. Uh, you can check out my content. My content's kind of a 
pop abridged version of what they're doing. But there's enough evidence out there that if we do our research, we can, you know, tango with these guys. But if we just walk in, like you said, it, it makes Christianity look bad a lot of the times, unfortunately. And yeah. Not just that, though. And, and I'm sure you have experienced this 100 percent in what you do. But uh, the Bible tells us to plant uh, seeds. Right. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize is you can plant weeds. How many right. times do you come across someone that before you can give the answer, you have to deconstruct what 18 Christians told them because the Christian didn't want to admit they didn't know. I tell Christians right. all the time, it is so okay to say, like you said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not there yet. Right. But because of this pride, they're like, they, they try and spit something out. Well, guess what? The next Christian is going to say something different. And then you get the atheist I run into that are right. like, you guys don't even know what you believe. I had a Christian right. tell me this, Christian tell me this. I can't even I put the work in now because now I've got to explain why those Christians aren't true. Like, Well, I'm going to say something here that I shouldn't have said because I've made it a rule to not talk about it on TikTok anyways. But a prime example of that is Flat Earth. Uh, I'm sorry that's going to offend some people. But um, the if you look at the Flat Earth doctrine, uh, guys like um, uh, Eric Dubay, uh, what's his name? Eric Weiss, I think his name is Caleb on uh, TikTok. These guys are all Gnostics. They've shared my videos. They're not Christians. And uh, yeah. they're really associating flat earth with the Bible. And so now I'm even like debating people and, and they say, well, the Bible says the earth is flat. Well, the earth, the Bible doesn't say the earth is flat. Whatever it is, oh, if you guys want to believe in flat earth, you have to understand, not you, but like Christians, you have to understand what this looks like to the world. And at one point, your Christianity is either about you and your holiness and the secret knowledge you have, or it's about reaching as many people as possible. And I can tell you, telling people that the Bible says the earth is flat is going to turn away eight out of 10 people. Yeah. Well, not just that. I think you bring up a good point. A lot of Christians, it's not the same point you're bringing up, but a lot of Christians also uh, kind of fold into the idea that the Bible is anti-science or not anti-science, but it doesn't jive with it. Mm -hmm. And I honestly believe that you see a lot of Christians today caving because they're, maybe they doubt it and maybe they're scared. You got people who are moving into creation theism. I mean, uh, I'm right. sorry, uh, uh, theistic evolution, right. um, you know, saying, well, maybe God didn't actually, you know, start doing this whole number. Well, right. you know, it's metaphorical. And you see more Christians doing this, which does what? Puffs up the people saying it's nonsense. Right. You know, it's anti-science. And I can't stand that. God is not anti-science. Not only is he not anti-science, we are watching in real time the collapsing of the house of cards that is scientific materialism these things that before we had instrumentation and before we could actually observe what's happening that was pushed you know whether it was darwin or lyell with geology or einstein with universe uh, the universe being only space time and matter these narratives uh, as science is progressing they're all falling apart uh, the James yeah. Webb Space Telescope just took pictures of what should have been the beginning of the universe. They expected to see dust or early forming of galaxies, massive galaxies, 10 times the size of the Milky Way, fully formed, fully mature. Astrophysics is in a full tilt because they, their idea of the Big Bang, the universe is expanding and it was 14 billion years ago. All of that's out. They don't know what to do with it. The universe uh, isn't locally real. This is something you might have heard when you were on last night. Uh, quantum physicists, uh, guys named uh, Alan Aspect and Anton Zeilinger, won the Nobel Prize in physics, uh, November of this last year. So, you know, whatever, eight, 10 months ago for proving that the universe isn't locally real. And that's like a big concept to get into. I doubt we want to do that tonight, but basically it destroys materialism. So in real time, and God is uh, allowing me to cover it. And a lot of young earth creationists as well, 
we're watching, you know, foregone conclusions. This is how the universe is created. Space, time, and matter is all there are falling apart. As we get better instrumentation and we look at it closer, we go, wow, that theory is wrong. And guess what's looking better as this anti-biblical narrative collapses? The Bible keeps being proven right in spades, and we're watching it in real time. It's the most exciting thing I could ever imagine covering. I'm going to demonstrate yeah. my ignorance real quick, but didn't um, because I like I said, I don't know much about it, but I see the news and I get excited. And I'm like, I think I should be excited about that. Didn't mm -hmm. recently they realize that the universe is actually expanding at a much quicker rate than they originally thought, or something like that? Right. So, okay, uh, I, I'm not going to try and get super sciency. And at any time, JD, either of you guys, just pull me out. Just call a timeout, blow the whistle, and we'll stop talking about it. But. So basically, uh, it, they, science was teaching something called steady state universe. When Einstein was alive, he taught that the universe always existed. So when the idea of the Big Bang was introduced, uh, Einstein said it was abominable. He hated the idea because Einstein, people think he was a believer. He wasn't. He was an atheist. It's a very complicated thing there with, with, with Einstein. But he, um, he said – a beginning sounds like the Bible, basically, and I'm, I'm not. We're not going to do that. And plus, it's bad for my theory. So then, uh, the Big Bang was conceptualized. The guy who named the the Big Bang, the Big Bang, Fred Hoyle, did, said it as a joke. He said, "What the universe banged into existence." So, anyways, they had this idea, this rapid expansion, and they started looking at it closer. And if the universe did start off with a single point and expand out because of the laws of physics, you would expect the matter, the particles, everything to either be going the same speed or slowing down. Well, they start looking at it closely and they find out that it's not only the same, not the same speed or slowing down, it's speeding up. So how does this happen in the universe? We, we don't have these kind of laws. An object is in motion yeah. unless acted upon by another object. What is happening? Why is the expansion accelerating? So science just made up something. This was the beginning of the collapsing of the Big Bang narrative. They said dark energy. What's dark energy? It's something we can't see or we can't observe, but clearly it's pushing these things apart. Totally made up, not observable, not repeatable. And so they're just doing whatever they can to salvage this theory. They're going to try and add more time. They're going to try and say whatever. But what we're seeing is according to scripture, so beautifully, God starts with the earth and he created the earth on water, by water, on, you know, obviously the spirit of the, of God was moving on the water. Um, so we had a water earth. The official narrative said it was a fire earth that started with fire and explosion. No, it was water. And they're showing that now it totally broke their paradigm. Then we have this idea yeah. that, uh, the universe, you know, slowly kind of built itself and put itself together over all this time. The Bible said on day four, he makes the sun and the moon, he makes the heavens. And it was, they were made in a fully formed state, just like Adam was made as an adult. He wasn't a baby. He was an adult. Yeah. So the Bible says the universe was created in its current form. And then because we know things get worse over time, we're actually watching the universe get worse over time. Supernovas, yeah. the, our Amen. electromagnetic field is weakening. So the Bible predicted this. Science predicted that yeah. it, it created itself and got better over time, and then they got actual pictures and said, oh, wow, looks like we were wrong. Okay. So it was just the theory was literally built on looking at the Bible and predicting the opposite, getting as – how do you explain this reality without the God of the Bible? And so they just – God spoke. They said – because speaking is beautiful. You create with his, with your voice. Explosion. They said uh, – you know, God says water. They say fire. It's just everything that, that God said they did the opposite of. And again – yeah. Uh, each one of these things is just validating Genesis. This is when I do my uh, live show. A lot of times I say science, you know, points to the God of the Bible and you talk this through and we could have had a really bad year, guys. It could have been a bad year. They prove the big bang. They prove evolution. They prove whatever. But secular science has had a bad year because everything they've discovered fits with the Bible and is destroying their narrative. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, you know, and, and this is so beautiful because I like a lot of people in the chat of saying, can you dumb it down? Can you dumb it down? 
Um, just to explain to you guys what Luke is doing here in mathematics, in mathematics, we've got a rule called proof by the opposite. Um, and, and, and the Latin term for this is reductio ad absurdum, which is reduction to absurdity or add a reduction to absurdity. So what Luke's done here is, and what he does often on his live streams, he shows the atheist that the evol the, the, evolu the evolution creation um, or creation by evolution is so absurd, when we look at Genesis, we can clearly say, this is how it came about. Uh, when we look at the flood, we can say, this is there is still evidence, archaeological evidence for the flood of Noah today. Um, <clears throat> More and than just archaeologic, archaeologic, geologic, paleontologic, historical, every metric. Yeah. Uh, when I when I've debated the atheists about the flood, if you ask them, what would you expect to see if there was a global flood? Oh, well, you'd expect to see geologic evidence. Well, there's geologic evidence everywhere. Um, there was yeah. something uh, proposed by a guy named Charles Lyell, who was the father of geology. Charles Lyell said. Uh, I'm going to get Moses out of science. He wrote in his own papers. This is he was friends with Darwin. He said that he was going to free science from Moses. So if you have a giant canyon that looks like it was formed by you know a catastrophic flood or, or a drainage of a catastrophic flood, you have to go. Well, that wasn't catastrophic. It had to have been that river had to have been doing that for a very long time. You got the little teeny river at the bottom of uh, of the Grand Canyon, the Colorado River. How long would it have taken for that to happen? However many hundred millions of years. He looks over at Darwin and goes, well, you need a long time to go from snail or whatever to snake to human, whatever. So, hey, look, let's just tell everybody slow, steady processes over deep time. So they hid the, the, the evidence of the flood that was everywhere. Before Lyell, we were in a largely, especially in America, a Christian, you know, uh, country, Christian, the Western world was Christian. People saw evidence of the flood everywhere. They'd find seashells in the desert and, you know, seashells on the top of mountains. And they'd see the canyons and they'd go, hey, a big flood happened. So when Lyell said this idea of uniformitarianism, it, he, he, he posed kind of the, uh, uh, the thinking that everybody had at the time. Yeah. What, what ends up happening – I'll make this point up quick and then I'll let you talk. Sorry for interrupting. But um, a, a geologist named J. Harlem Bretz comes along about 100 years ago, and he looks at the Scablands, the Columbia River Gorge, the giant flood damage in the Pacific Northwest here in America, and he said something massive – caused this uh these major canyons these uh uh different areas where you saw the 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 basically water hurricanes that were going to 400 feet of water went by cut out something called coolies they saw all this evidence and he comes to geology and he goes i think a massive flood created this and they said to him Man. <laughs> they said to him no so good. because if you have a massive flood that breaks two rules uh mm. this mm. Uh, looks like the bible and we only believe in uniformitarianism so yeah. listen to what happens. The uh, leaders of science at the time, the leaders of, of geology, uh, of hydrology, guys like uh, Galuli, uh, Waters, and Whitford, they wrote all of the major geology books. They held a basically a trial uh, in Washington, D.C., and they brought in Barretts, and they said, we want you to pro pro uh, provide your evidence of this flood you say you see up there. They blasted him, embarrassed him. He quit science. He just stopped doing the whole thing. He learned his lesson. He went into spelunking. He was looking. He was doing like cave science after that. Turns out, Barretts was right. He overturned all of science, outlived all of his detractors, and now the world knows that the Pacific Northwest was carved out by gigantic flooding. They call it ice dam flooding from after the Ice Age. But this man had the evidence, presented it, was blasted by the leaders of science, and was actually right. But the problem with his theory is it looked too much like the biblical narrative, and their worldview is built on 
the opposite of the biblical narrative. So over the test of time, truth prevails and we win and we're watching this. I mean, that was a hundred years ago. And things that the, the two things I mentioned earlier, the evidence that came out for the Big Bang and the universe not being locally real. These two things that happened this year are as big as Barretts' discovery, destroying catastrophe, uh, destroying uniformitarianism. It's crazy. I'm telling you, we're Amen. watching unravel in real time. So everybody that has Amen. their Bible and reads Genesis, be excited. This is God's Amen. word, and it is accurate. And science is unfortunately being pulled, kicking and screaming to see that God was right. I, this is it. I absolutely uh, – I'm going to be honest. I, I'm just kind of just – chilling because i'm enjoying this like honestly I'll, I'll hop off camera if we need to and i'll hop in the comments um because to me also i'm a, I'm a fast uh, speaker so i'm also a fast listener and i can tell you're a fast speaker so i yeah. i get tired when i got friends that i love to death but when they talk slow my friends that are like okay i'm like let's go <laughs> One, so two, you're five, popping yeah. out information so while some people are probably like slow it down i'm just like yeah sorry feed me with this information um so i, I, yeah. I love hearing it I think it's fascinating what you're saying, though, because what is the one thing in the Old Testament God always brought up in his rebukes whenever he rebuked a false God or a, a person that he is the creator? Every rebuke you see, where's your can your God create? Joe, right. where were you when I laid the foundations? Right. So what is right. God's number one trump card? Right. Creation This is mine. So yeah. when you say that it's unfolding, like God is like laying out his cards like. You, you think you know something. What does he say in 1 Corinthians? He catches the, the wise by their toe or something, and he will make the wise foolish, uh, or he'll make the wise look foolish. It's, 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 I love watching God just be God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I yeah. just say that real quick. Well, uh, did you want to say something, JD? Because I'm, just yeah, I just wanted to add that, that, you know, I read a, a book by um, a lady by the name of Rebecca McLaughlin, uh, Confronting Christianity. And she's mm -hmm. got a whole section, a whole chapter dedicated to science in her book. And she actually names a few, she actually names quite a few um, MIT professors that have become Christian mm -hmm. because of, because of how bad the science is when it comes to evolution um, yep. and they've actually they've actually used their common logic and gone well this doesn't make any sense whatsoever and then they cross-reference with you know people like you who have mm -hmm. come up because at the end of the day like you say with with agnostics like bart ehrman they will cast shade on certain events um and and say well you can't unequivocally say blah when when we can we can say that but at the end of the day um people do not have the time to sit and listen to what you have to say um where where someone's already got their their mindset they've already been developed this way they've already been molded this way and and i've seen this with a lot of people that that claim they they're evolutionists and then when you ask them why they became an evolutionist or how they believe evolution is true they they kind of sit with a mouthful of teeth kind of the the flip side of 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 young christians trying to jump up and and debate when they themselves haven't <coughs> haven't physically gone through the bible haven't physically studied the archaeological and, and the scientific evidence that we have at our disposal as christians to say okay well this is this is it so the question i wanted to ask you before you carry on is there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, this this genesis 1 Genesis mm -hmm. one and two gap theory is, is there's a lot that suggests that there was a second flood, like, uh, 
the Noah's flood was the was the second right. flood. There was a flood before that flood, um, because the earth was covered with water, suggesting that the, there was a flood before the second flood, uh, where Lucifer was actually cast down, or or the devil, or Satan, whoever you want to right, call right. him. Um, um, and I just want to know from from a scientific point of view, um, how how can we support gap theory, or are we? looking at no as it gap is. theory is just placating like what uh mike had said earlier it's the theistic evolutionist thing. it's it's people trying to fit the scientific narrative into the bible now we don't know for sure so i'm not going to sit here and say you know no way it happened but um it's, if you just a topical reading it, you've got problems with day age theory in particular because god makes the plants on i think it was day two or day three and then he makes the sun on day four so if, you know, a plant could go a couple days without sun, but it's not going to go a couple thousand years or a couple hundred thousand years without sun or a couple million years, whatever number they want to arbitrarily throw in there. Um, as far as their, you know, because I think where that verse comes from or that thinking comes from is the idea that in Hebrew, what God formed it out of was the word can be rooted into like chaos, uh, like something like that it was like it was like he was taming like a kind of a chaotic situation. So I think that's kind of where that idea comes from. And it's I call that the time before which we don't know about. We don't know what happened before God created the universe. We start with Bereshit bara Elohim, right? In Hebrew, in the beginning, God created. We don't have anything before that. Obviously, we believe Lucifer fell at some point. You know, was it right before then? Was it right after that? We can speculate all we want to. But before time, God didn't tell us. So we don't need to make up our own story. And we just got to be careful because we're making up our own story. And when you start making up something that's not in the Bible, <laughs> you're on your own. You know what I mean? And you could probably get in some trouble. <laughs> so uh, I don't I just I see it as uh, I see it as uh, placating. And and I get why. Like, look, I, I, I go out in front of hundreds and thousands of people three nights a week. And it's kind of like going it's like you have the dream that, you know, you're in your underwear in front of a bunch of people. I get to tell people I believe in a young earth and the flood, right? But then you if you can get past some of that initial shock value where basically they told you in school, somebody, some someday somebody's going to come and tell you the flood happened, the earth is young. You were to get them and tell them how stupid they are and to try and stop them from saying that. It's basically what we were kind of indoctrinated to mm -hmm. to respond or how we were going to, you know, if you go, especially if you go to university, it, these people believe the Bible, they're anti-science. But then you start talking about, okay, well, where did civilization begin? I, I don't want to put you guys on the spot, but do you know where modern civilization began? Have either of you done that research? When I'll tell where? you this much. The only information I have in my head is from your videos. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, I remember you, you saying something about, that I thought was absolutely uh, just amazing about how writing and farming started at the same time across the right. world. And right. 6,000 years ago. Well, yep. 5,000 years ago 5, in 000, Sumeria, yeah. which is called the Fertile, uh, Fertile Crescent Mesopotamia. So everybody knows that civilization began proper 5,000 years ago. Well, the evolutionary theory says man evolved 190,000 years ago. And for 185,000 years, we ran around with spears, chasing animals, not reading, not writing, not building any structures. And then boom, pyramids, <laughs> government, the Sumerian language, cuneiform, this whole thing is very complicated. Mathematics are – how do you believe this thing? Like, think about this. And in 5,000 years since, we've gone from that to AI. So they want to say for 185,000 years, we just couldn't figure out – their excuse – it's such a silly belief system. Their excuse is that they didn't figure out agriculture. This is what they say. Well, they didn't know about watering plants. That's their thing. And then somebody – 185,000 years of not figuring out that water on plants is good. 
for us. And then, well, they figure somebody figured it out. Thanks for them. And then boom, Someone 500 years later, you have the pyramids. After 185. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, we figured it out. So, <laughs> so what does the Bible say? The Bible says that, and I know there's discussion about it. According to the Masoretic text, the flood was 4,000 years ago. I believe in the Septuagint chronology. Septuagint says creation 7,500 years ago, uh, the flood 5,300 years ago. This is important because we know the pyramids are 4,800 years old. So if you want to defend a 4,000 years ago flood, you have to try to figure out if the pyramids made it through the flood, which they wouldn't have because the flood was a big deal. Anyways, according to Septuagint, uh, the flood is 5,300 years ago. 300 years later, you have Mesopotamia, you have Sumeria, which makes sense because the people that came off the boat knew how to build and water plants and arithmetic and language. They knew these things. So it's like starting Minecraft. When you, when you play Minecraft, you start with your hands. So you got to like punch a tree and then you got, you get a tree and then you build a stick and then you, whatever, you get a stick and then you build it. And eventually you have like kind of a city, but it takes time to aggregate materials, right? So 300 years to get off the boat and then really get civilization going is exactly what we would, we would expect. So the Bible said 5,300 years ago, Noah landed on Ararat in Turkey and three to 400 miles away, 300 years later, we have civilization. Which of those two uh, historical oh, narratives absolutely. makes more sense? 185,000 years running around with spears, not knowing how to water plants or they come off the boat. I mean, this is like the, the, everything. Yeah. The, it's so hard. We're suffering from amnesia. And the only history we have is what's been written down. And the book has been preserved remarkably. And it is the it is the history of this reality dictated by Amen. the author of this reality. And science Amen. had to use very strong tactics, misinformation, and pseudoscience to convince the world of a non-truth. And this is why they censor us. Because if you stand on the side of the truth, you invite questions. Hey, check it out. Whatever you want to say, the more that you look into this, the more valid my theory is going to come. If you're defending a lie, yeah. you have to silence people asking questions. Uh, absolutely. Man. I mean, I would break the button if I air horned anymore, but I definitely <laughs> deserve it. Can I tell you all real quick, just that I like to keep things a little light sometimes and laugh. The reason I was cracking up is because when you use Minecraft as an example, all I can picture is someone playing it for like 40 hours without being able to figure anything out and then suddenly building like a mansion right. in the same idea that we said, you know, right. we run around with sticks for 100. Like imagine playing Minecraft. You just, I can't. I don't know what I'm doing. And suddenly it's like, oh, I made wood. Here I go. Like, it would be more like 185 hours and then in one yeah. hour building. That. In you're one right. hour and you just, you're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it doesn't. I mean, that's with, exactly it. <laughs> it's just so it's just so sad oh and you just you just i think it's dr frank turk that said i don't have enough faith to be an atheist i love oh, yeah. that statement oh, i yeah. love that Takes statement. Some, but there's so many more uh commitments uh so many more miracles that you need to believe in atheism um yeah. I'll, I'll try and say this really quickly jd then i'll have you go but the uh i debate a guy named parker uh on tiktok i know uh, everybody asks me to debate him i've never yeah. seen him before I debate him all the time. It's he's we, he's actually a, he's a good guy. But anyways, uh, his big thing is that he can't believe in the Christian God because it takes too much too many commitments. He says, and I, I on his show a few weeks ago, I clearly showed him that our belief has the least amount of commitments because all that we need is that our God is who he said he is, and he has the resources and agency necessary to do the thing that he said that he did. We'd need God. That's all we need. They need, at the very foundational level, the miracle of how the universe started. They have no idea. They, they don't have no idea. You have to – it's kind of a big one. To, if you're going to try and say you know how things happen, you should probably have an idea how the universe got here, which they have no idea. Miracle number one. Miracle number two, 
life comes from DNA and DNA is information and rocks don't make information. I don't care how much time and how much lightning a rock is never going to spit out a newspaper article. It's not going to do it. So they need mm. a second miracle, which is abiogenesis. Just, I mean, we got a bunch more than that, but the, initially we have one commitment, one thing we have to believe in, which is that God did this. They have at least two things, how somehow the universe got here, created itself and which defies all, all physics. Then it got better over time. And then, Somehow the universe created the earth and then the earth created life. And that's your second miracle. So, I mean, immediately we're twice as more likely uh, just based on uh, just odds. So I yeah. got to ask you a question because I've said this. Sorry, JD. I got to get this in there real quick because this is something I've said before. And I just want to verify if I'm saying this accurately. Um, would it be safe to say that – let me put that up there for everybody. Would it be safe to say that this is an accurate statement? When I run into atheists that try and pull science and they always try and pull the like – you know, what you believe in is faith and what I believe in is science, right? And I always explain to them, well, science has to be observable and testable. So therefore, creation can't be science because even if you were to reproduce mm -hmm. creation, it still involves your intelligent involvement. Like you can't – that Yeah, they're proving intelligent random. design. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be random right. for it to be what you're saying, right? right. So therefore, it can't – it has to be philosophy. We're right. both – philosophically discussing this it's not science 100 it's entirely a philosophy based on your presupposition and it's yes abiogenesis which again is miracle number two in in the discussion that i'm having about this with miracle number two if scientists get together and they put the compounds correctly whether it's the miller urea experiment or hydrothermal vents or whatever if they put the right environment that and they control not. it it proves intelligent design. <laughs> Congratulations. Now, what I need you to do is watch whatever for however many million years and see if DNA comes out of the rocks, which it's not going to do. But it's, a, it's the same thing with, with the universe and where the universe began. I had this discussion last night on one of my debates. Cool. If, if, you, see, if you say we think the universe rapidly expanded, you see the red shift, which means the planets are – the light is moving away from us, so the universe is expanding. Therefore, it came from a single point. Even if you had – all of the different supporting pieces of evidence you wouldn't know. And I use this example. Uh, I was born in 77. If I tell you guys I was born in 77, can any of us prove that I was born in 77? Well, there's my word. That's good. Whatever. I trust that. Fine. Or maybe you're lying. Who cares? If I brought you a birth certificate, I said, here's my birth certificate. Would that prove that I was born in 77? And it wouldn't because I can fake my birth certificate. If I had a picture of me as a baby and the date said 77, does that prove that I was born in 77? All of those pieces of evidence, even if they support the idea, wouldn't prove it because we weren't there to see it, which is what you were saying. It's not yeah. observable. It's not testable or repeatable. It's just you. So it's all no matter what they come up. With, and I don't want to, like, be nihilistic and just say they can't do it. But Amen. their best theory is only going to be a theory. And people are going to decide if they believe it based on their worldview or their philosophy. Yeah, that's 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 so I'm so glad you said that. And that's kind of. <clears throat> Sorry, that's kind of where I was going next. Is 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 when they come at the gospels, uh, especially the synoptic gospels, with the supposed contradictions. Mm -hmm. Again, we and and Mark and I have covered this on various podcasts, but this is the same thing. Uh, you know, if I said when I was six years old I fell and broke my leg, and you go, oh shame, um, and then I come out right out and say I'm lying. I never, I've never broken a bone in my body. <laughs> you were so quick to believe that right. because. It's my lifetime, and I'm giving you something about my lifetime, my timeline. So this is exactly what we see with the apostles of Christ Jesus, who who actually, right. you know, they are giving witness accounts to things they've seen.
things they've heard, they are telling the accurate stories from their perspectives on what they witnessed. And right. again, this was then passed on and passed on and passed on. And so we see with the reliability of the manuscripts that we have that make up God's perfectly preserved word that we can go to, like you say, the Septuagint, and we can say this is what it says about that time. And this concurs with the way science has tried to you know, explain it away, or like you said, you've that you literally, and I've I've read so many books where where science scientists who have come to Christ literally tell you that you are told when you're a young scientist, when you start off, they literally tell you if you find something outside of the parameters which we allow, right. you are to dismiss that and right. ignore it. Or they'll fire and, you, and, or they'll defund you, or they'll say, Yeah, obviously. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so this is a big point. This is a big point because a lot of people don't know this. And um, I actually read a book. Uh, I forget the author, but the, the title was called Snubbing God. And, and what the author does is he shows how science was created to work with the Bible and not opposed to the Bible. Right. Because everything we have um, in science absolutely confirms God's word, doesn't debunk God's word or dismiss it. It's supposed to work uh, you know, it's it's supposed to work in unity rather than in opposition. So I uh, appreciate everything you've said so far. Well, if Absolutely. you if you're trying to solve a math problem and you have one variable wrong, you're never going to get the right answer. This is how this works. And when you look at what could very well be and obviously we believe is a created order and you omit the potential that it's created, you're never going to get the right answer. And this is what we've been seeing for a long time. And the thing about it is. It doesn't matter to them that it's wrong because the devil is the father of lies, right? Who, Like, let's be honest. Who's the one trying to stop God's word or discredit God's word? It's Lucifer. It's the bad guy, right? It's the father of lies. And he is not going to – he has no empathy or mercy. He's not going to – he's going to do whatever. And as long as people believe it unto their death and people have accepted the scientific lie and disbelieved God's word unto their death – it doesn't matter if, oh, turns out that was a hoax. Uh, turns out that was a forgery. Oh, turns out we were wrong. People have lived their entire Pe – this is crazy. Millions and millions, probably billions of people lived their entire life believing that the Big Bang was settled science. The universe created at a single point. Science had proven this. This is what I'm trying to say about how big this discovery is that the James Webb took the pictures of. Yeah. This is – it's entirely like – Science is holding on to it because, again, the truth doesn't matter. It's so funny. They go, well, the real thing about science is we can be wrong. Well, you're wrong here. I keep telling them you're wrong about the Big Bang. Are you willing to be wrong now? Nope. We're going to figure out a way around this. It's really silly to watch them work. But it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's a matter of if people believe it or not. And the devil knows this. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're, they, if you omit – I use this example quite a bit with the video game analogy. If we're, in, if we're in Mario, let's say, or we're in Minecraft, and we start asking how is this reality created, and we go – you know, you go, well, I think a lightning bolt hit a tree or something, and blah, blah, blah. And you come like, well, there's a million different games, and where's more? If you say there isn't an entity outside of our reality who, with intention and agency, created this reality, if you don't entertain that idea, any idea any of us come up with is wrong. It's wrong. And so if science was intellectually honest, they'd say, you know what? Maybe we are in a created order. Maybe there is something out there that created us. But the fact that they refuse that shows that they cannot actually do science and they're never going to get the right answer. They laugh at it. Like they yeah. actually yeah. act like it's insane. 
mm-hmm. that you could possibly fathom that. And that right. I think is the really where the offense comes in. And, mm-hmm. you know, like we were talking about earlier, Christians end up, as we see throughout generations, I feel like they take shame on that. And then they start blending into the, right. well, maybe God used evolution. Um, I'll be honest, uh, Luke, there's three things that I have written down um, that I was hoping to have you touch on. You've touched on everything, basically. Sure. But yeah. one thing you mentioned in there, uh, I, I would love it if you could really quickly, because I know that people listening ask these questions. You mentioned mm-hmm. dating. At one point, we were talking about dating, and I wanted—I was like, I wrote it down. I remember seeing a video where you were talking about the the way that they date things because you see it all the time. They say they dated this for fifty thousand years and whatnot. And I saw a video that you put up about the soft tissue mm-hmm. that uh, discovery. I'm not asking you to go into the deep nitty gritty, but for the people listening that have these questions about what about the dating, they carbon date, right? I could never do justice of explaining why carbon dating is not as trustworthy as they believe. Uh, But could you please uh, share, you know, whatever you could in that subject? How much time do I have? (laughs) Uh, This could be, I could go for easily a half hour. So I'll try and do it in like five, five ish minutes. We definitely, I think we definitely have already secured the fact that we would love to have you back. Everybody in the comments seems to be enjoying this and we're only halfway through. So uh, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, well, and that's what's cool is that there's going to be more information, and I'd love to come on if if you know, has me uh, have me as like a resident uh, apologist scientist with new news kind of thing. I'd love to do that with you guys. So, okay, so there's two things that you talked about there: uh, carbon dating slash radiometric dating, how we date, how old the uh, the Earth is, and things on the Earth, and the soft tissue and the dinosaur bones, and they actually run together very importantly. So the first thing I would concede is that the number. The, When we look at this, there's evidence for an old earth and there's evidence for a young earth. I don't say there's no evidence for an old earth. What I say is since there's evidence on both sides, which is a more believable uh, because we're going to have to choose this based on your philosophy. And as a Christian, you can be confident to say, well, since it's a kind of a jump ball thing, I'm going to go with scripture as the tiebreaker. Okay, carbon dating is uh, only works at the very most 50,000 years and really anything outside of 10,000 years is very inaccurate. If they, if they carbon date something that's like 12, 20, 18,000 years old, something like that, they want something that corroborates it to really give them a, a, a confident number. But radiometric dating, which is the, it's the only piece of evidence in favor of deep time that I think Christians that I, I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say, there isn't an issue with it, but let me explain how either the workaround or what we have to look at. The idea of both carbon and radiometric decay is that the decay process is steady over time. So an example is um, if you if you started with a hundred carbon units, actually let me take one step back. Carbon fourteen is formed in the atmosphere as solar radiation hits the atmosphere, interacts with the atmosphere. The byproduct is carbon fourteen, which is a radiation. It's, a, it's, it's in the radiation family. Comes down. And then we ingest it. We have it in our, we breathe it, we eat it, whatever. So let's say in this process, you aggregated a hundred units of carbon, carbon 14. You die, you're stopping metabolizing and processing this. So what happens is it starts to decay. Boom, you're done. Your decay process starts. They know the decay rate. So, you know, you look at them and you go, oh, you've decayed 50 units. This is X amount of years. This is how carbon dating works. The assumption is we know how much carbon 14 you had at the beginning because there's no way to, Figure out how much a dinosaur had, let's mass. say. Yeah, you have to. You, how do you know how much there was? You can assume it was the same as now. And the other thing you have to assume is that the rate of decay has been uniform. It's always stayed the same. And the combination of those two means that 
in particular with carbon dating, there's the possibility that things either, especially before the flood, are going to yield a false carbon, uh, a false, basically a different amount of carbon than we would have today. And it's complicated. I'm trying to say this really quickly. The electromagnetic field is dissipating. It's dissipated 9% in 200 years. Irreconcilable in deep time. At this rate, we're not going to have an electromagnetic field in like a thousand years, whatever. Back in the past, if the magnetic field is decreased now, that means that in the past it was stronger. If the magnetic field is stronger, less radioactivity is hitting the atmosphere, less carbon-14 exists. So in the his in, in prehistory or however long ago, it's entirely possible that they were uptaking less carbon, so that would yield a false, a false result. The next thing is that carbon, uh, they have to recalibrate the decay rates because – Things are changing the decay rates, including when they were blowing off uh, nuclear bombs, atom bombs. This increased the radiation. So they, they get together every few years, and they recalibrate the carbon dating. I bring those up because you can say, and you can say with somewhat of confidence, that this you know inside of 50,000 years is close. But it's not an exact science, and there's always going to be issues. Radiometric dating is the one problem, and this is as uranium decays into lead. But again, you have to assume that you know the ratio at the beginning and the rate of decay has been the same. And what science does is with radiometric dating, they say, we know the rate and we know the rate of decay. But then when it comes to something like the expanding universe and you say, well, how is this expanding, accelerating? They say, because a variable is in there that's causing this to happen. It's called dark energy. So what you have is like when, when the, my buddy and I, we call it dating games. When the narrative or the date fits their timeline, they're happy about it. If it doesn't, they invoke something, a rescuing device, basically. And so uh, radiometric dating, uh, it, this dovetails into the uh, soft tissue and the dinosaur bones. This is uh, one of the most important discoveries. Again, I talk about the house of cards collapsing. What, we've, what, what science has discovered in the last 40 years is the Big Bang is in trouble. All humans descend from one man and one woman, and the universe isn't locally real, and that uh, dinosaur fossils are teeming with soft tissue inside of them. This was discovered in 2004. This is less than 20 years old. You don't hear about it unless crazy creationists like myself and other guys tell you it's not going to go in the textbooks. You're not going to hear about it on the news. They're not going to talk about this because the idea that soft tissues could exist in a dinosaur bone for 170 million years is not believable. This stuff decays very fast. The idea that it would last, I don't know, six, seven, eight, you know, six, six, five hundred, seventy five hundred years. This would make a lot of sense. They have no answer for it. They're trying to scramble. They've come up with a theory called cross-linking, which says that this um, something there's a bond with iron and it causes this to cross-link. And then they just let the whole thing go. They abandoned that test about cross-linking. They tell everybody we've come up with the answer. They find more and more soft tissues. And guess what they're doing again? People find soft tissues, they get in trouble, just like what JD was saying. There's a scientist uh, named Mark Armitage. He's with a, 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 um, a website called Dinosaur Soft Tissues. He found... Uh, soft tissue in the horn of a triceratops. He posted a paper um, in one of the prestigious paleontologic journals and the university he worked for, University of Northridge in California, fired him for finding soft tissues in dinosaur bones. So rather than going, hey, congratulations on maybe the greatest find in paleontologic history, they fire him because they're silencing whatever. Here's the thing about I the think, soft tissues. Let me say this last thing. Yeah, and then, I think they uh, mentioned that on, on the Genesis movie as well. Um, right. That... Um, yeah, I think he's actually in that Genesis movie or one mm -hmm. of his accounts on exactly this uh, this thing and 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 you know us coming from monkeys and so on. They show with soft tissue that this is impossible because right. 
bones cannot even survive over that that amount of time. Right. Well, they say that minerals uh, take the place of bones. It's called permineralization. But I wanted to explain that there is issues with radiometric dating and it, the issues are for us and the issues are for them. And the soft tissues is to me, it's the Rosetta Stone of this situation. In order to say this is how long ago the dinosaurs lived, they can't test the dinosaurs because there's no carbon material left. Oh, they didn't think there was, but it turns out there is. So what they did is they date the rocks in that layer of strata. And they go, well, this rock layer is 190 million years old. Sure, it's five feet below my feet. And sure, dinosaurs stick out of the ground when you're walking around the mountains or whatever. But that definitely is 200 million years. That layer of strata, the Jurassic, the Mesozoic, whatever. This is all based on radiometric dating. So they radiometrically date the rocks and they say, this is definitely 200 million years old. And then when they find a bone in that layer, they go, this bone's 200 million years old. And then they crack the bone open and it's got soft tissue in it. So the... Is it possible that their assumptions about radiometric dating are wrong? Is it possible that some event in prehistory has caused either an acceleration or some sort of catastrophic change to the radiometric process decay? Or, and this is the easy one, because the parent radio uh, uh, isotope decays into the daughter. So uranium decays into lead. You have to know that what the parent to daughter ratio was at the beginning. And maybe their assumptions that it was pure uranium or that it was X percentage, whatever, maybe their assumptions are wrong. And the soft tissue in the dinosaur bones is has challenged science so thoroughly that basically um, there's been this hit campaign to try and silence this idea. It's not in any textbooks. It's not taught to the children because if we start picking at this scab, um, it's very likely that the dinosaurs were here much more recently than 190 million years ago. And that causes major problems because the official narrative is that dinosaurs evolved into chickens. Nobody believes that, but that's what Jack Horner and these guys are saying. You need a lot of time. They didn't go from dinosaur to dinner in you know 50,000 years or 10,000 years or whatever. So you they, they're silencing everybody. If you watch my video on Jack Horner, he was caught on a hot mic. They didn't know it was a, he didn't know it was a recorded line. A uh, intelligent design advocate named Bob Enyart from Denver offered him $20,000 to carbon date the soft tissues that he had found. Jack Horner is the paleontologist that uh, Jurassic Park is modeled after. And uh, he's like this big hero. Everybody loves the guy. He's the dinosaur chicken guy. Anyways, he said, uh, Jack, we'll give you $20,000 to carbon date the soft, the, the, the fossils, the soft tissue and the, and the dinosaur bones. And he said, we're not going to do that. He goes, well, why not? And he goes, well, if we do that, the creationists are going to have a heyday with us. It's going to cause a circus for us. And we don't want that. He's like, well, what about science? Don't you? This is like, he doesn't know he's being recorded aren't you interested in science? And like, what if this, this is a big discovery? He's like, no, we're not going to do that. So they didn't allow carbon testing, carbon dating on the dinosaur bones because it would have likely, and there's some scientists that have actually done this, yielded a result that dinosaurs were here with at least within the last 50,000 years and maybe within the last 10,000 years. Can you imagine what that would do? If they came out tomorrow and said dinosaurs were here and they were destroyed in the flood. I always think it's fascinating Bam. that people, and again, I might really show my ignorance tonight. So if anybody's here because you're a VOR fan and you actually know science, you're like, this guy's stupid. Yeah, I know. Um, I think it's I think it's wild that these people, based on bones, try to tell me how the dinosaurs lived and what they look like, like mm -hmm. feathers and this and how they would do their mating. Like, you ever, you know, they do documentaries oh, yeah. on how dinosaurs live, like pause. Like, I get it. You can study a lot. But there's no way you about to tell me you know all this. Right. There's social bones. interactions and stuff. It's actually <laughs> Jack Horner, the guy that I mentioned, the paleontologist, that actually is the lead scientist doing the science that you're talking about. Talking about their yeah. 
their uh, social life and their, you know, whatever their political life, whatever. So last thing to close up the dinosaur uh, tissue thing, uh, you, the only way you get a fossil, it, like if, if I have a cat, I have, I have a cat. I, I, that's actually a thing. I have a cat. If my cat goes out and dies in the street. He's not going to become a fossil. He's going to be scavenged by crows and whatever. There's uh, worms that eat the bones. He's going to be the way God made our system of uh, recycling organic material is absolutely brilliant. All glory be to God, who is an unbelievably brilliant creator. Believably brilliant creator. Anyways, he it eventually will return back to the soil and all of the nutrients will be reconstituted and you'll be able to actually have more fertile soil. Brilliant how God made it. It's not going to turn into a fossil. The only way you get a fossil is if that cat dies and a huge wave of mud covers the cat. And if it covers the cat and suffocates it with no oxygen and it keeps it in a uh, oxygen deprived state where you can't have rigor mortis and all of these things, then you can actually get a fossil. So it, the, the fact that there are fossils all over the world, the scientific narrative says this is, I, I'm not making this up. I show this all the time. In my live show that I'm already following where you're going. I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what they say yeah. is that every fossil created on the earth. So again, if we predicted in the, because the Bible, there was a flood animals would have been rapidly buried by mud. This is, you'd find them all over the world. You'd find the dinosaurs. You find all these. What they believe is that animals are so bad at survival that they basically, a, a, a river overtops, you know, it swells and they can't get out of the way. And the overtopping river gets all the animals or an animal goes over here and dies. And then a lake, you know, overtops and every fossil we see in the world is the result of an animal happening, uh, just happening to die in an area that it was then covered in mud. This is, the, and they, they teach this. I mean, I could pull up a video right now and show it to you right. of them saying, oh yeah, that dinosaur died and then mud came and then it covered the dinosaur and it definitely wasn't a flood. That's their science. So Luke, what you're telling me is <laughs> yeah. that they believe not only are humans stupid for 175,000 mm -hmm. years and can't figure out how to cut yes. a branch and water seeds but animals for the first 175 million years were stupid yep. and were like is that mud yep. <laughs> is that water because like, that's not yet these animals be you right. can't even get near an animal right when the truth is when there's a natural disaster the animals are the first to know and they're the first to get out of there gone. They, gone. they have an instinct they yeah. they're gone whoop they're gone they're not going to be caught yeah. by the yeah, same yeah, yeah. and if they do die they will be scavenged vultures and you know uh flies and all these they're going to entirely consume and reconstitute it before it ever becomes fossilized so the fact that there is a fossil record all over the earth with by the way animals caught in what's called a death pose i cover this quite a bit too where they're trying to get air and they have a their last breath there's a basically a spasm in their spinal cord and they tip their head back to try to get the last and they they're basically frozen there's also fishes uh fish that are fossilized giving birth Right. They're actually in the process of giving birth. That's hard to explain. It's there's evidence all over the world of a catastrophic, a catastrophic global global flood. Also, every basically every civilization tells the story of a catastrophic global flood as well. I mean, the thing is, if, if you asked, what would you expect to see? Geology, you'd see massive formations. Paleontology, you'd find fossil records. Archaeology, you'd find stories of of the flood. Everything that we would expect to see, we see with it. And they just say, no, look the other way. There's pay no attention to the man yeah. behind the curtain. I think I'm over here. He, he blew my mind, JD, when he said that the neck would be back like that. Cause I immediately pictured every time I've seen pictures mm -hmm. of fossils, it'd be the weirdest position ever that this like right. raptors in neck right. back. And it's always like, what was they right. doing? Why they were why are they like, like, like that? It's 
flood. Yes. Tidal waves. And it's a really cool models of the flood as uh, uh, some of the persons, uh, you know, like the, I, I'm okay with the catastrophic plate uh, tectonic theory. I think we need to get a better model. Unfortunately, we don't have the resources. The NSF, has, uh, according to my research, has given $300 million in grants over the last 30 years to research the theory of evolution and $0 to research the flood. So we're a little bit, uh, you know, lacking in capital with this. But um, when you have um, the flood happening, one of the theories is that these pulses of waves started slowly actually big massive tsunamis approaching each of the coasts and so you ended up having one burial event two burial events three burial events and one of the cool things is that with the continent of america you have all of the animals running to the center of the landmass to try to stay alive and then getting buried at the last minute in the center of it and where do we find all of the dinosaurs in america right along the rocky mountains right in the center ridge right you know the dinosaur ridge that goes all the way up which would have been the last area to actually be covered by these tsunamis that were approaching. So another, like try and explain why there's so many dinosaurs in the mountains of Colorado. Oh, they're just hanging out there. They like to die by the rivers up there or the flood happened and it happened the way that uh, the scientists are saying now, and it chased them all to the middle and covered them up right at the, right at the end of it. That's, that's really good. It's, it's a <laughs> absolute blessing. And, and this is just, just confirms. And for those of you who haven't watched that, that Genesis movie yet, um, I would suggest you do, um, I'll try and find the link and I'll share it on Discord or something. But everything that Luke is saying, the, the scientists in, in this Genesis uh, movie, they also reveal this data. They also reveal soft tissue data. They also reveal mm -hmm. how fossils come about um, in, in as much detail as Luke has already given us. And this is so important to, to anybody, any Christian who is looking at uh, creation obviously if you're a christian you've got to be a creationist um if you're looking at defending the creation view or the creationist view this is this is essential information because um these questions will come up and you can't just go well because i know and i've got faith um and that's good like like luke already mentioned early on no one can take that away from you no one can take away from you why you believe in christ and how you came to christ that's your testimony and that's awesome but when it comes to apologetics um when it comes to Do apologetics we, ab we absolutely have to have to have our facts um have, we have to have them straight and I'm it's been an absolute blessing back. having luke on you um the 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 other question i would i would i would ask you luke just in your experience and your time on tiktok and youtube um when how how do atheists respond to the information you give them Oh, they love me. Oh, they love me. <laughs> I'm a, I have a huge uh, atheist contingency. Um, it depends on how intellectually honest the atheist is, honestly. Yeah, it depends best. on how uh, – so there's um, there's this – everything – we want to think that everything's you know very binary, but there are a lot of spectrums. And so when, when it comes to like atheism and uh, theism – so we're theists, right? We believe there's a god. They're atheists. They believe there is not a god, right? Atheist. There's a spectrum of agnostic theist, agnostic atheist, and in my research, this is fairly anecdotal, but the more negative emotional experiences they had in their youth related to religion, the more on the extreme end of atheism they are, uh, even into like anti-theism. So I've heard some deplorable stories, unbelievable things that 
ministers have done and pastors have done and parents who are pastors to children and stuff. They're terrible things that the kid, they can't, they can't, they can only associate negativity with uh, the idea of religion. Um, then they go to university and they go, yeah, anybody who believes in religion is stupid. And then they go, oh, that's why my parents are doing that. They were acting this way because they were basically ignorant, but I'm smart and I know there's no way. So anyways, those atheists, they don't like me. They don't like me. Not at all. Um, but the more agnostic atheists, the ones who have questions or can engage in an intellectually honest discussion, they do like me. You know, I mentioned Parker. There's another guy, Danny, bright young men. And, uh, you know, they friend me. They uh, when, Sometimes they'll actually have me on their show to discuss a certain topic, Shroud of Turin or The Flood or whatever. And they don't agree with me, but they're hearing it, right? And so those people in the middle are okay with it. The people on the far end, I get censored all the time. I get banned for misinformation. You, if if you want to have like a feel good about yourself day, come into one of my lives and just watch the chat thread. You won't believe what they. I mean, you would believe what they. You guys are street preach, you know. But um, it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah, we know, man. <laughs> it's we not know. um. It's received well, but it's it's all heart position, right? Two Peter three. You mentioned yeah. one Peter three earlier. Um, they deliberate because of their evil deeds or whatever their evil heart or whatever. I forget exactly what it says. They deliberately forget that the world was made on water and destroyed by water. So it says right there in our book that the, the, the presupposition or the qualifier to whether or not they'll receive the message is if in their heart and because of some thing they want to adhere to, they're willing to deliberately forget what I'm saying or oppose what I'm saying because it's not about logic. If, if, if what I tell them doesn't resonate with them, it's not because it's not logical. It's because they don't want to hear it. And the more you go, oh, yeah. wow, that book is right. Yeah. And if whatever thing it is, it's chasing you away from the book, the more you're confronted with that. Right. So I, I, it's pretty strong reactions for sure. I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Romans one, I love, uh, uh, you know, exactly what that says that, you know, because of the creation, no man has excuse. It's evidence man. around you, but people exchange that for what, for the created thing. And I, and when you really look close at that, you see that today, it's not that they don't believe in God. They just call him a different name. They call right. him science. They call him universe. The universe. They call him Mother Earth. Like they're right. talking about the same God because they think mm -hmm. it's the creator. They take the personal out of it. It's an impersonal right. force. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right. You know, no man has an excuse because the decision to believe in God happened before Christ came. That's why whenever mm -hmm. atheists say to me, so oh, I'm going to hell because I, I don't believe in Jesus. Brother, you was on the way to hell before you heard the name Jesus. You yeah. made a decision already. Like we made that decision before you ever heard the gospel because you walked outside one day when you were, you know, of proper faculty where you could understand. You looked around and you made a decision. This isn't from somewhere. Or you said, all right, there's something there. Like how how do you not eventually? Can I speak to that really quick? Uh, a big reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is the people like I agree. People, you have to deliberately forget. Uh, you have to deny that. You're in a created order because it's apparent. The heavens declare the glory of God. You look at this thing and you, you know, you look at our vision and our consciousness and the way that we hear. I was showing my son the inner ear um, and how it's a, if you know anything about audio engineering, a microphone and a headphone have the same dynamic. It, the, the waves hit it and the information goes to the speaker or goes into, you know, the processor or this, the information goes to speaker and it goes out. But it's that same web where the information hits it and the signal is sent in and our ear works the same way. If you look at the, the cochlea, I think is what it's called. You look at the inner ear and you don't think it's designed. You, you're, you're really like taking a leap of faith out there. It's very clear. It's like it looks like uh, it looks like a technology. Anyways, um, a big reason why I do this channel is that 
uh, people are being led to the slaughter through uh, scientism. And, uh, you know, yeah. if you if yeah. you trust the authority, right, you go to school when you're a kid and you look at the teacher and the more accurately you repeat what they say, the better grades you get. And you just kind of sit there and you just kind of you're indoctrinated into, you know, uh, how uh, making you think the way they want you to think, whatever. Well, if they tell you this is it, you're an animal. No child believes they're an animal. No child sees an animal and goes, yeah, we're, you and me, we are the same. They don't do that. Yeah. You have to be told this yeah. for a long time. No child believes the universe will create itself. No child believes that the earth just happened by chance. And so you're taught this over and over and over and over. And if, if you've gone through the public education system, which you know obviously just about all of us have, you have to deliberately disbelieve what you were taught by people that you trusted. So we're in an, yeah. and this is a new phenomenon, like for all of history. Yeah. So I tell the atheists, they think they have the high ground. Oh, we're so yeah. smart and we're all right. They're new. This is, they're new. It's just a, yeah. This is a blip on the radar of, of all of history. And they are by far in the minority. It's like 99% of the people the thing about privilege though. You know, we've, we've always had to face mortality up until about 200 years ago. And right. then once the mortality issue, we kids nowadays think they're going to live forever. Like, you know, back in 19, I mean, in 1500, the Black Plague came by, one out of every three is dead. You know, you have to face that idea of, okay, <laughs> okay, well, what's next? Yeah, I, I think that's part, I think that's true. But I also think that they had a more based understanding of reality. We're here, we reproduce, yeah. we take care of our children, they take care of us, and we Amen. get older, we work hard, we're healthy. You know, the, so we, we are devolving. Right. It, it, the devil is the is the father of lies and everything he said is the opposite of the truth. So we know that things get worse over time. What does Jesus say? Moth, moth and rust, rust doth corrupt. That's so hard for me to say. Uh, that's entropy. Right. He's talking about that. The, if you look at the biblical, the patriarchs at the beginning, 960 years for the first one for Adam, then 800, then 740, then 630. You see entropy in the in the beginning of the patriarchs because you start to see aggregating mutations and you start to see the gene code breaking down. What was perfect or was made the image of God with no errors is now starting to become more error ridden and people start to live, you know, uh, less, uh, less down, years. Yeah. This is what we see. Think if you have a car, it doesn't get better. It's not going to build itself and it's not going to get better. It's going to, uh, uh, entropically degrade into nothingness. So they teach you with evolution that, we are getting better, that random processes are making us better over time. It's illogical and it's not what we see. Well, one of the things they teach us is that we are getting better, that humans are getting better, that the people in the past, they were stupid. We, we're smart. They weren't healthy. We were healthy. It's all, it's not true though. We're, we're less healthy yeah. now. We're yes. living longer because our critical care is better. I, I'm not saying that we don't live longer, but we're autoimmunity, cancer, depression, suicide, all of these things. We are worse off. We're devolving, which is what you would expect. The people As who it, aren't dying are living longer is what you <laughs> Right. But a lot of times they're being kind of kept alive, not because they're physiologically stronger, but because the medicine's better. Anyways, I say that because, you know, we have this idea that in the past, everybody was just as close to dying and they were stupid. And now we're going to live forever. We're not. It's a denial. We're in a, like a death worship cult that has been created through Hollywood and these different things. We're just in denial that we're going to die. And so when people die, it's like, oh, my gosh, what happened? How did somebody die? It's so crazy. This back then, they were like, oh, this is what life is. We live, yeah. we reproduce, we take care of our stuff, we work hard, and then we die. But we, we could spend time with our yeah. grandchildren. It's cool, and they take care of us. And we just live in a totally different reality. It's like, oh, I don't have kids. I don't need kids. I'm going to live forever. I'm whatever. And oh, then man. you're in a nursing home or dying or whatever. Everybody's like shocked. <laughs> it's just yeah, we denying reality. A selfish society. Is, Nobody wants kids. Nobody. Yeah, it's it's a it's a mind blowing. This society. is this is exactly 
I mean, I was having a conversation with someone just the other day about exactly this, you know, the jamming and the desensitization that takes place in schools today is, is, is it's literally, listen, this is what you're supposed to believe. Like, mm -hmm. I know what your parents told you, but your parents are wrong and their right. parents are wrong and their parents are wrong, especially in this, I'm speaking from a, a Christian perspective now, I'm pr right. a Christian worldview The if you go to, if you if you allow your children to be raised by the state, um, they will be swayed. They will be swayed because of peer pressure. We know what peer pressure does. Peer pressure led us all to having the first cigarettes and having the first drink and having the first night out. These, 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 uh, and and the same thing happens with our children and their worldview. Is if 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 you're constantly bombarded with information and everything the Bible says is a fairy tale. Everything the Bible says was, you know, the Bible. I've, I've actually heard people say the Bible was there just to keep men obedient. It's not a literal thing. You know, right. it's just a book. So you like kind of give us a moral. A lot of Christians and, actually don't believe yes. the Bible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of Christians don't believe that the Bible is inerrant. A lot of Christians don't believe that the Bible is God's word. Um, and, and this is just a point I want to make, even because we've, we've done a lot about creation and evolution. Um, I want to, you know, there and I did share the link on Discord for everybody that's in the chat. Uh, the movie is called Genesis Paradise Lost. Um, and it's, it's, it's a documentary, mostly scientists who speak on Christian scientists who speak on the evolution theory and how it, it goes completely contrary to, to the Genesis uh, account and what they have found. What they have found concurs what we read in Genesis. So this is a beautiful movie to watch because it actually just it opens up your, your understanding that when you open up Genesis 1 and it says in the beginning, that is the beginning. Um, and that's when God said, let there be. So when we go even down to the studies of earthquakes, uh, you know, the studies of earthquakes, and we've seen archaeologists that 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 do study, you know, um, earthquakes, and that's their field where they go into. Even the crucifixion quake, um, you know, there's there's evidence suggesting that where we see in Matthew's gospel account that that and Luke's gospel account where the the earth shook. And, and when dark, we can literally go back and, and there are people who have done these studies and have gone and point, pinpointed an earthquake taking place in the holy city between 32 and 35 AD. And that's how close they've narrowed it down to. Well, that's that just, not when, just that, but in, in Asia, you know, there's documented uh, uh, the blacking out of the sun in the same uh, time frame. Like, so people yeah. documenting like, so this happened, and there's even a guy that randomly wrote down, I don't know if you ever read it, uh, wrote down, like, today an innocent man died for the sins of the world. Like, he didn't know who he was talking about. I don't know if the, the, the deepness it's, of that. That's um, I'll, I'll try and fact check that really quick. I could be a fact checker. So what it is, is uh, it was a king's uh, history. And what yeah. happened is the king said, what has happened is so catastrophic. I have failed my people because basically the universe is judging me and this is the end basically. So it's kind of similar. The, the, the idea that it was a person died. That's just a little bit of a mistransliteration, but it was basically that the King said, I must die because I have ruined this so much. It's the only way to kind of either save my people or whatever. But anyways, it's, it's, it was the point is it was such a catastrophic event that he thought it was the end and it came out of left field and it was at exactly the same time. So it's very close. 
uh, just a little bit of a uh, tweak there. But yeah, it's uh, it, they, they, they documented it there too. Yeah, and we just like I, I do that a lot. Like when I do these videos, I, I really I do the research and I go deep into it, and that took a lot of. Uh, pushing and prodding because i wanted to make a video on it but i don't want to make a video that isn't accurate or whatever um but yeah that's it, it is documented um obviously uh the dates that they came up with 70 ad i know you mentioned bart Ehrman earlier you said he's agnostic i think he's an atheist I don't, maybe you can clarify he that he claims to be an agnostic skeptic yeah yeah he's he, no, he's gone by many terms <laughs> like in one one interview one interview he'll say i'm an agnostic atheist in others he'll say he's he's agnostic in others yeah. he'll say he's this so like i don't and this is the problem again i say to people this is what this is what happens when you don't have a biblical foundation you're not rooted and grounded in the faith you're tossed to and fro and the one day you believe this and the next day you believe that and if i sell you a story that's believable enough um then you'll you'll cling to that idea and this is how people end up regurgitating information that they've heard or seen via someone who isn't again like you say doing the research from reliable sources rather than hey i heard tom and jerry once make this claim um, about flat earth in the cartoon it must be true you know Disney knows everything, um, you know, and this is this is what we see a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people jump into these things and then, you know, they they see something and they, they cleave to the idea. And I'm like, if only we cleave to God's word as much as we cleave to to someone who, who has a bit of prominence, who has a name for themselves. Um, they come out, they make a claim and people are like, wow, did you hear what Will Smith said? Like, who's Will Smith and, and what, are, what are his credentials? Like, ultimately... Um, if I'm gonna, if I want to want information, I would much rather come to you, for example, um, to Luke and say, "Yo, Luke, I've I've read this. How can you concur what I've read? Um, have you heard anything about this? Because this is your field of study. Um, I won't go to my two-year-old son and say, "Hey, boy, uh, how do you feel about this?" Right. Because he's gonna say, "Yo, give me another, give me another chocolate spread sandwich." And this is ultimately how, how, how you know, a lot of people. You know, they go to the wrong people. They, they use the incorrect sources for their information. And, uh, you know, basically in closing, I just wanted to leave you with this because I know you've looked into it. Ron Wyatt um, is known as God's archaeologist. He's, mm -hmm. he's done the studies, Sodom, Gomorrah, the flood, uh, the, the Exodus ark trial. being found on, 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 in Turkey. Um, mm -hmm. How reliable is Ron Wyatt's work just for everybody that's out there? I was hoping for a softball question. Um, so <laughs> I, I love Ron saying. Wyatt. Uh, I, actually, he was before I knew that this was my calling and what I was really passionate about. Um, you know, I really got into his work. And I think it's just like everything. He, he hit some. He missed some. Um, it, unfortunately, I think it got a little sensationalist. And what that does is mainstream scholarship obviously entirely dismisses the guy out of hand. An example, I think, Mike, did you see my video on the Exodus Trail? Did you see mm -hmm. that on my page? So uh, there's really good evidence for the actual Exodus um, that uh, Moses and obviously the, uh, the Jewish people left uh, Egypt. And there's, you know, the split rock at Horeb and there's the burnt mountain and there's the crossing site and the palms at Elam, etc. So Wyatt discovered that and it's actually a legitimate discovery. But because there were some other things that, you know, like the ARC stuff, people question, whatever, I, it, it's the mainstream archaeology dismisses it because some of the other things. And this is what we have to be careful of as Christians. Why I mentioned that about the Chinese uh, uh, piece of historical information is, you know, the devil has a gun 
And these people that want to dismiss what we're saying, they just need us to give them bullets, right? We need to, they, we, Jesus it says in scripture that you get uh, salt and uh, fresh water can't come out of the same spring. We have to control our tongue. So it's important that we don't say something to delegitimize the truth of scripture, right? So we, whether it's like, you're looking into a conspiracy or you're looking into, you know, this or that. It's, uh, you, you need to make sure that you're you can vet what you're saying, because if you go and tell your friends and family or whatever, this is definitely true. And you got to believe in Jesus. And it turns out that this wasn't true. Yeah, you got a, a little bit of egg on your face. So anyways, uh, <laughs> that's a, now I got to try and move the needle because that's my new challenge. So the, the, the thing, though, why it was good, God rest his soul. And he found some really good discoveries and uh, an example. You know, the kind of the sensational one is that he found the Ark of the Covenant under uh, underneath the, the crucifixion site, and he's the only one to see it, and he saw it and captured the blood. And like, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a really cool idea that it's Jesus fascinating blood, if his blood touched it, like hit, that's, the, hit the mercy seat, oh right? My Isn't goodness. that brilliant? Isn't that brilliant? So yeah. like, I actually I want to believe that, and it's a possibility. The Exodus stuff is good. Ron White's pretty good. Uh, again, couple misses, couple hits. Um, but when you when you if you're telling someone about Ron White's discovery, it's just a good idea to really talk about the discovery. Look at it and make sure you can speak on it with authority. Because again, the Exodus one, that's legitimate. I did. Do you know Dan McClellan yeah. on uh, TikTok? Yeah, yes. I know. <laughs> so I made the Exodus ah. video, and <laughs> he it, made like a 20 minute video response to a video I did that wasn't even towards him. And I was like, I'm not even going to entertain. I can't even listen yeah. to him that long. He's a lot. So he. Uh, <laughs> The Exodus video had about, I think, it was like 1.2 million views at this point, and uh, he made a video, and you know, he's just like the most like uh, biblical minimalist. You know, he's, he's I, he has gonna... straight up denied that the Bible has any inherent meaning. Right, it, it's complicated. I'm not trying to say any bad things, yeah. but anyways, he made a video, uh, a debunking video on mine, and I did a series debunking his debunking video. And I went deep <laughs> into it and we eviscerated his standard biblically minimalist worldview so is much that so that he actually, uh, yeah, I think it is. I'll have to look and see. It was on TikTok. Yeah. I'll okay. find it and I'll send it to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And <laughs> if I think I, I it, it actually is on my YouTube. It is. It's response to Dan McClellan. And I put a heart <laughs> on the title. <laughs> it's on my video. So anyways, he, um, he actually, it was so wrong about his claims that he quickly made an emotional response to my video and screwed that up and had to delete it. And that was the last time him and I had talked about that. But um, yeah, the, the the evidence for the Exodus is so strong. The uh, You can see it on my YouTube. You can see it on my TikTok channel. And uh, Ron White made that discovery. And I'm telling you what, you guys, if you're ever like, I don't think you guys struggle with faith, but those out there, if you're struggling with faith, the information related to the actual Exodus is so compelling. The split rock at Horeb, massive cleft rock, exactly where it should be. Palms at Elam, this grove of Elams right where they should be based on the crossing site that are called the Palms at Elam to this day. The crossing site at the Nueva Beach crossing site uh, has historically been called the crossing site of Moses. It's a, it's a, it's not a land bridge. This is the thing Ron White said it was a land bridge. It's not a land bridge, but there's, it's a, it's a chasm, the Gulf of Aqaba, it's a chasm that descends like 2,500 feet, and it's basically a sheer cliff. You could never cross it. And at the Nueva site, there's a uh, an area that is a slight incline down to 1,500 feet. It still goes 1,500 feet in, which is crazy because Isaiah says that they go into the great wow. depths. I was really nervous when I was doing this research because like, wow, 1,500 feet, that's like a ski area. That's so long. That's so deep down there. And then I found in Isaiah, I think God showed me the scripture 
um, when he took us into the depths, the great depths. So it says specifically in the Bible that they went way deep, 1,500 feet down, passable incline. I looked into it based on all the park standards. Uh, even seniors could have done this. It's a moderate hike down to 1,500 feet and then back out of it. The only place in that entire gulf that they could have passed exactly where it should have been. So you go through the uh, crossing point, you go down to the Palms of Elam, you go up to the rock at Horeb, there's the altar to the golden calf, and then the burnt mountain of, of Sinai. And it's uh, Josephus uh, said this is where it is. Potentially Paul went there. When Paul was called by Jesus, he went into the uh, into yeah, Arabia for four years. Yeah, he was gone for three years. And there's ironically the same of, amount of time of the ministry that the apostles walked with. Right. I don't know if it's ironic. It's God is good. Brilliant. But he, uh, there's, a, I've heard that, you know, there's a possibility that he went there on his, this is kind of esoteric. So like, don't, don't buy in this, but that he potentially on his thing, when God like took him on this crazy Jedi learning thing for three years, whatever happened there, that he actually went to Sinai and looked at it. So they knew it in Egypt in that time, you could do a three day walk. Oh, you know who else went there? Who was it? One of the prophets running away from, I think, Jezebel. Was it Elijah? It was Elijah. Elijah yeah. Yeah. He he was in Israel and he ran like for like That's four days or something. And he went there. That's with the cave of Elijah. He, he went to the mountain. They knew about this mountain. Like this is the thing about the book not being a history book. It's there. You can go there today. And they used to go there. And they'd be like, yeah, this is where we this is where we crossed over. This is where this happened. There's the burnt mountain. So this is what you mentioned it at the very beginning of this when we talked about people that take it serious. And I mean, you're talking about that. I'm thinking about Sir William Ramsey. He did the th he did that with the New Testament. He said this right. is a bunch of you know nonsense or whatnot BS. And mm -hmm. then he's like, I'm gonna walk the way that Luke wrote and prove that he's wrong. Came back a right. Christian. Said yep. Luke's a historian <laughs> of first rank. Like yep. this was spot on. And it's like you said with the Exodus. No matter what you go through. Um, I, even with the scrolls, uh, is it, I think it's Jeremiah that we have scrolls that don't match, but in the scriptures, it says that they lost the scrolls and he had to restart, start rewriting it. Like, so right. even the text matches how the manuscripts line up. Um, right. yeah, it's, it's, I wish people would actually stop letting the world convince them that it's immediately dismissed. Don't, don't, don't even give it a, a minute. Well, that's not going to happen. So, I mean, yeah, we, we don't need it. We, just, we know is that this is the thing. Like, it's not bad it's just we we know the book and we know where this ends and we, we will they're not going to allow it they're going to silence us unto death this is where this ends up and we know this it says in matthew 10 that the children will turn their parents in to be killed that to me that tells a story of a future that i can see based on cancel culture and what i'm seeing right now 30 50 however many years where christianity is kept on the lowdown and you're not telling people publicly because you can't lose your job or not have your social credit score or whatever thing's going to happen with this. And then um, internally in the house, the children know that the parents are Christians. They have their Bible, they're praying or whatever, but they're not telling anybody publicly. And then they go to school and it's like, is anybody in this, is any of your parents, do they read the Bible? They're Christians. They're like, yeah, it says, Jesus says that in Matthew 10, that the children will turn the parents in. So it's, the Bible's not going to be accepted. Jesus yeah. is the word of God who was on the earth. He came into his world and the world knew him not. He came to his people and the people received him not. The word of God was, was uh, not because of him being, uh, he was obviously telling the truth. They uh, canceled him, tried to mm -hmm. silence him. And the word of God today, it's the same thing. This is, this is, yeah. this is the thing. This isn't about what's true for them. This is about them using science explicitly to try to erode people's confidence in scripture, to try to delegitimize 
the truth of the word of God. It's not, it doesn't matter that it's true. They're never going to embrace it. So all we can do is have confidence, do the research, be able to give an account if we can, and just be willing to die for it. Cause I mean, that's, it's not going to go like, Hey, we all, it turns out the Bible was right and science is wrong. It's going to be like, stop saying your misinformation. And you're all dead. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. And if you really look at it, it all really started to unfold around the same time period because as we see that push for the more science uh, aspect, the you're actually a descendant of monkeys, there's no God, uh, uh, take God away from schools, abortion, uh, no-fault divorce, all of this happens. I tell right. you all the time that Satan made his big chess play between 1950 and 1972. You see a massive push of all of these things at once to yeah. where you're growing up like, okay, I'm a monkey. Nothing matters when I die. Right. Instant gratification. If this right. marriage doesn't work, no fault divorce. She gets right. pregnant, we kill it. If I don't get a job, welfare. All this in this one point. And then we see families destroyed, fathers absent. You right. mentioned earlier, I think it was your JD that mentioned earlier that the lack of a father or a bad father, that religious mm -hmm. trauma. And then, so, I mean, I, Satan's been playing chess and Christian's been playing checkers, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. We are, we're always or looking at what's right now and he's working a long game. Absolutely. I love that you said that. It's a lot of Christians don't even know they're in a game or they're in a battle anyways. Like a lot of Christians are too occupied by materialism and just kind of tradition, right? The, the version of Christianity that we have today where it's basically you're like everyone else in the world, but you go to church for an hour and you don't say oh bad God. words. That's not I'm not what gonna, I'm not gonna air horn it, but I want to air horn it. <laughs> this is not what Christianity is. And and that that shallow topical version where we're you know kids are raised in the public education system we got you know what's the most important thing is that you get a college degree it's the number one thing people like christian parents today that think that they've done their service as a parent by getting their kid a college education and that's it like i get a gold star 70 ready for this 70 percent of all college graduates do not believe in the bible oh that's because that's where it happens Kids are so I'm glad you brought that up because the cultural Christian parents are hoping that the church raises their kid one hour a week. They then go to college. They've right. got no, you know, no grounding. And like you mentioned, the professors see them like, oh, yep. you believe in God created the earth in six days? Because right. that's the question they love to ask. I joke right. around saying, oh, I love to say yes on that. Like, yes, yes, of I course do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I what do. do you think? He, didn't he, he can create a universe. He needed more time. <laughs> What's your argument? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay, check this I out. I hope this they is... ask me seven days so I can say, no, I don't, right. I don't believe that. That's nonsense. It was, it was six. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're right. God needed what? How much time does um, something that can create a universe? How much time does he need? Anyways, so check this out. This is something that I say on the lives quite a bit. Um, again, I have kind of a, a beef with this uh, one professor. His, his, he goes by Nixie. He's an astronomer. We had a huge debate about the Big Bang, and uh, a bunch of his people were in there. And uh, he's actually <laughs> he's actually banned me for hate speech, which I've never used hate speech in anybody. It's interesting that the truth is hate in this world. If you system. said the name of Jesus. You've violated yeah. hate speech. So uh, what what he he goes on his Christian debates or his uh, atheist debates, and he just blasts the God of the Bible. And you know those guys, right? Blast Christianity. How could you be so stupid? What I, this guy is teaching the children. So what I said to him and I've said to others, how would you feel if me, you know me and how I think now and my science of the Bible, if I had a college class or a high school class and every year I got 30, 50, 100 young minds to come into my classroom and I could teach them this science, the science, the God of the Bible 
is real. How would you feel about that, Nixie? Oh, blah, 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 blah. you can't do that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you can't do that. There's no way you should ever teach a class. Yep. You don't want me to go in and teach these children my religion. And I don't want you to go in and teach these children your religion. And guess what? As much as I love Jesus, you hate him. And you get to, because this is the standard process right now, you get to teach. And every these guys like it. I'm going to, how many kids faith, we want to get people to Jesus. How many kids can I ruin the faith of? Because they're so mad at God. And this is happening. This is the war that you are under. And if you're a Christian parent and you think that a college degree is more important than your kid's faith, and you think there's no other way they could possibly make money, I don't know, a trade or a business or, I don't know, preserving their own intellect and doing something exciting instead of just being a white class middle manager or whatever, a white collar middle manager, sorry, this you need to realize that you are sending your innocent, uh, well, maybe not innocent, but your beautiful, critical thinking child who might believe in the Bible into a den of wolves. And they are going to do everything they can yeah. to strip their faith from them. You have to think about this. You're not the best parent ever because they got a Harvard degree or because they got whatever. There's other things you can do as a parent. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what to be afraid of or what to be aware of, not even afraid of. You're, 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 if you, 70% of all college graduates don't believe in the Bible, and it's by design. Yeah, believe me. I, I went, so I went to Dallas Baptist University, and I was blown away at the amount of how safe it was there that I got done, and I'm like, I kind of want my kids to go there. like oh, yeah. Because you know when I'm walking the campus at night, Kids are out, you know, singing worship music and the fraternities awesome. aren't national. They're Christian fraternities about, you know, these things and, and the Bible's everywhere. And, and it's I, so wow. if my kids are going to go to college and obviously they're going to be adults, so they're going to be able to make their decisions. But right. my influence will definitely be a Christian university or, you know, a, 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 a religious. Right. You know, what I mean, like God centered yeah. Christian or Catholic. Like, I know that I'm not Catholic, but even a Catholic university, because they're going to still. I wouldn't suggest that. I'm sorry. I'm going to offend <laughs> some people here. I just wouldn't. I, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know I'll how tell much you. you've seen my background. I That's where I heavily uh, am debating constantly against Catholics. Um, but yeah, I do know some good Catholic universities that aren't really, well, they're just Catholic. From my own research, which is talking to hundreds and hundreds of atheists, uh, the conversion rate from Catholicism to atheism is by far and away the number oh, yeah. one conversion. Um, and so it's like, it's just, it's just, it's just dangerous. I mean, it's um, that it can work or whatever. And like again, I don't want to tell you what to do. Uh, I'm, I'm an advocate for homeschooling. I'm an advocate for laying the foundation. The truth is, your kids don't care what you say; they care what you do. And yes. if you are a Christian and you are, you know, unfaithful to your wife, or you're abusive, or you're super worldly, or you're whatever, and you think the church is going to fix that in an hour a week. It's not going to. And if you have, if you leave your children with a negative emotional experience that they tie to their Christianity and you send them to university, you are very much um, paving the way for a, a, not only just an atheist, but potentially even kind of the anti theist that I deal with. And this mm -hmm. is talking with hundreds of such yes. cases. And almost every time it's disclosed to me, yeah, well, I had this terrible thing that happened, blah, blah. My parents are hypocrites, blah, blah, blah. Like, like it, when, when it says in the Bible that, you know, if, if you raise them in this way, that they will uh, also do it. It was about the wife, you know, being the Proverbs woman and the husband being representing Jesus in the marriage. It's that yeah. kind of raise them in the way. Yeah, true. High integrity, hard, yeah. hard work, 
uh, you know, being uh, honest and faithful and these kind of things, then you're going to be somebody that the people around you, they, you know, they appreciate you. You have a positive influence on your children. The kids grow up and go, I want to be like that. This is crazy. Children, when they look for heroes, it doesn't matter if it's Batman or a princess, by the way, no Disney, no princess movies. You got with Christian moms. We got like, I can get really controversial really quickly. The, the little girl that is looking for the princess is actually designed to be emulating her mother. She, and, and instead of being the mom and showing them what a woman of God looks like, we just outsource that to the school system and raise them on Disney movies where they believe they're a princess. What do princesses do? They're pretty and they're powerful and they're rich. Oh, those are great attributes for a little girl. Do better, Christian parents. We have to do better. The little child, the girl wants to be like her mom genetically by program, by instinct. The little boy wants to be like the dad. Nope, I'm not doing this. I, Batman, you need to believe in Batman and the Power Rangers and the ninjas, and I'm out of this. The, the, the kids are actually designed to play pretend and to try to emulate the parent because they're learning about how they're going to be when they get older. So going back to this whole conversation, it's more complicated than just uh, I, you know, I feed my kid a decent meal and I send them to school every day when they're five years old, four years old. I make sure they go to university. The, that's not being a good parent. Being a good parent is walking the walk, uh, modeling what Jesus said, both from the male and the female perspective, raising your children, keeping them at arm's length away from harm, keeping them away from basically intellectual, spiritual predators that will groom them into secular uh, philosophy and secular science and showing them how to be a Christian to where they want what you had and they will come back to the faith. Sure, they might wander a little bit, but mm -hmm. if you give them the opposite experience, they have a bad childhood, you're not honest, you're not a good, you're not a good mom, you're not a good dad, you're not got all these things, and you think the church is going to fix it in an hour, it's not going to happen. 100%. My father was one of those men, and even though I turned to sin, he was the voice of my conscience when I came back. And Amen. I mean, I, I don't remember, I don't remember the number. Um, so I don't want to lie and quote it, but it's a very high percentage that when the man is a active, participating mm -hmm. man of God, right? Because nowadays, high percentage. I can't stand that mm -hmm. Christianity is a self-proclaimed title. And if I dare tell you what the criteria of the Bible is, you get people with the no true Scotsman fallacy, which they mm -hmm. don't even properly use it. Um, so, it, but if a true Christian, I don't care who gets upset with that. Is the father? We know that that means that there's a high percentage of the family um, following suit, and and, right. and and it's exactly what you said. I mean, and we go beyond just the mother wanting to I mean the daughter wanting to be the mother and whatnot. Look at women. I bet many women will say this. Many women marry their father, right? Mm -hmm. They marry the man that that is in. This works both ways. And right? men marry the mother, right? Yeah, and, and, and therefore, men. Not only are you raising your boys to be the man that you want them to be, but you should be demonstrating to your daughter the man that she wants. Preach. So all of these things Preach. matter. And I love that you said what you said, because I've watched interviews where people say, you know, my father read this book all the time, but he would beat my mom. Right. Like, I don't want to read oh, that yeah. book. Mm -hmm. be, the, be a person, guys, listening. Listen what Luke said, because that's why I was sitting there like going like this. Your kids don't care what you say. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, your kids don't give one darn what you say. Mm -hmm. They care about your actions. If you're a hypocrite, right. you're a hypocrite. Like they see hypocrite. Um, and matter of fact, remember when you were kids, you know very well every moment that your parents ever did something hypocritical, you right. were talking about it and you were upset about it. Like, they're gonna ask me to do that. I don't see them do right. that. It's a natural thing that happens. So 
be the reason they want to find out why you are how you are. Um, don't be the he, reason they don't want to know about that book. Like, yo, if, if you read that book and you became that, dude, that's what I mean, say to me. They're like, I don't want to be what that person is. Where's my air horn? <laughs> <laughs> I would hit that dude. It's and this is, it's so f like foundationally fundamentally true and important. What you just said, this is how reality works. The Bible it, because it comes from the mind of God who is the creator and he is the truth of this reality. Everything in there is the truth of this reality. It's the laws of physics. It's emotional laws of physics. It's spiritual laws of physics. If you uh, if you've seen that TikTok video, they, they always do this trend where it's like a guy in church, like the, the mom's like praising God. And then she looks back and like the title is something like five minutes earlier, she was beating me up or whatever. Have you ever seen that TikTok video that comes up all the time? I haven't, anyway, but I can imagine it. <laughs> it's the idea that like, they look like they're in church praising God and happy, but like the terrible parents, it, it's gone viral a few times. This version of being a Christian and it's happened a ton. It's happened a ton. It's like, it's you know, the at home Christianity. You're just your life a Christian, right? The home life is a mess. The kid doesn't feel safe. And then for one hour a week, you all dress up, which whatever you dress up and you go to this thing and you play. We look good. You played veneer, synthetic, you know, uh, plastic family. Everything's good. And we're in church and we praise Jesus. And like, it's not that way. So you just want like, obviously you want a safe and healthy home. But as, as a Christian, if you can model just what you said, what you said, Mike, if you can model the kind of man you want your daughter to marry and the kind of man you want your son to be and you love Jesus, it's very likely they will also at least take Jesus seriously as opposed to go, never. I would never do what that person did. I'm the opposite. And and this is somebody it's like on a certain level, I'm like a therapist for the atheist. I don't know how I don't know how many people alive today have talked to more atheists that I've talked to in the la at least in the last couple of years. I hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days and talking to them and hearing it, the anti-theists almost always have religious trauma. And we mm -hmm. just, we can't, you can't, you can't have sweet waters and salt and salty waters. We, you have to be that woman. You have to be that man and your children watch you as a man and woman of God. They will want that. And they might stray, especially if you send them to college, but th they should, they should come back. They should come back. And then it's just like, we watch all these pro athletes, you know, Mahomes, dad, uh, Patrick Mahomes' dad was a pitcher for uh, Minnesota. Um, uh, Deion Sanders' son is the is the is the quarterback now for CU. Like an athlete has a son and teaches them how to be an athlete, and guess what? They become an athlete. And we don't think it's any different as a Christian. And <laughs> then are we doing that? Brothers, kind of I think it's mind blowing when brothers make it in like the NFL. So the top two percent right. of players make it. You tell me, brothers did that right. tells you something about the way the household is ran matters because. Right. That that shouldn't happen. Like statistically, right. two brothers shouldn't get drafted right. into the right. NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it just and it's it's an example to as we're talking about, if you set order and structure in the house, so we can go back to what you were saying about today's kids don't have that. They get sat mm -hmm. in front of an iPad, they they run the house, they they can pick whatever mm -hmm. uh TikTok, you can't hear this. They can pick whatever gender they want, right? They can yeah. there's so many things. TikTok uh, yeah, you know, they're crazy over there. I'll be banned tonight. Um, <laughs> I turn that off when I get spicy over here. But and, I mean, that's what it is, though. It, it's it's this. Yeah, it's a lack of, like I mentioned, 1950 to 1972. We, we've seen a collapse in a lot of it, and it's mm -hmm. leading to so. I mean, you can go down the path of why do we have more depression meds today, but depression is increasing? How is it you know, not 
more meds, less because it's they're they're causing these issues. I was thinking about making a video on this. I love that you said the '60s. Um, if you look at the data of uh, the increase in atheism, which is basically departing Christianity over the last hundred years, it's been uh, it's not an exponential, but it's been a you know consistent progressive grow, uh, growth in uh, unaffiliated or atheist beliefs. So people leaving Christianity going to atheism. I should probably do this hand. At the same, if you take that same chart, you look at the same amount of time. You look at the increase in suicides and depression and drug use. They exactly mirror, exactly mm -hmm. mirror. At the rate that people are abandoning the faith, um, depression and you know drug abuse and uh, all the suicide and all these things uh, are increasing. And and there's it's not a surprise because we are in a reality that was designed for a purpose with a God that required things of us and wants to have a relationship with us. It's the point of this reality. And so when you take that from the children through pseudoscience and misinformation and you make them live in an entirely materialist reality, and it's all about what does the Bible say? Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. It's one of two worldviews. Jesus was very specific about this. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about trying to be rich. It's very hard for rich people to get in. If, if, if you're focused on the world, the worldly things, I mean, Jesus, Jesus was taken to a high place by the devil, and the devil said, if you work for me, I'll put you in charge of this world system. Jesus said, don't be a materialist. Don't be fixated on money. That's the devil's side. I'm not saying you can't have money. I'm not saying I've taken a vow of poverty or anything, but don't worship money, and that shouldn't be your focus. Jesus says, don't let that be your focus. So this idea that we're here for a fleeting time, we're animals in meaningless universe, have all the sex you want to, get everything you can, eat, drink, and marry for tomorrow we die, is the antithesis philosophically to what the scripture says, which is that God is real. You're here. You're being tempted, tested. You're going to be judged. It's not about now and what you get now. It's about eternity and focusing on that. And we just we, – we're not there. We, we live in an entirely different reality, and the 60s were a huge part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Changing – destroying the nuclear family was a huge part of that. 100%. We see single motherhood rates skyrocketing. I think in the black community, it went from like 23 to 72%. Like it's a, it, it was a massive jump. In the white community, it wasn't as massive, but it did jump largely. Um, yeah, no, 100%. Um, by the way, FYI, guys, I know that we're still on and we normally cut. I normally cut because JD's done, but if he's going to keep talking, I'm going to keep talking. Um, but <laughs> but I, you, everything you keep saying, I keep wanting to dive even deeper on it. Uh, because it's just so many good points, and eventually we're gonna have. To, I'm gonna have to yeah. say, uh, well, we'll say it, but we should wrap it up um, because people don't make it this far in the video a lot of times anyway. So it could just yeah. bog down your algorithm. Let but me, let me ask on you one thing: I had written down that I didn't get to because you mm -hmm. keep you keep mentioning the materialistic thing. So I just mm -hmm. want to ask you, science wise, if you've ever dabbled in this because I know mainstream science doesn't want to talk about it. Um, are you familiar with Gary Habermas? Mm -mm. Okay, so Gary Habermas, he's one of the lead um, uh, historians when it comes to like uh, resurrection evidence, but mm -hmm. he's recently over the last couple of years got really interested in NDEs, near-death experiences, mm -hmm. and he talks about over 340 peer-reviewed, you know, right. in articles of these near-death experiences of outer body experiences, right? So right. we have, you know, evidence. We have, it's not just theory. We have right. evidence of these people having experiences that cannot be explained, where they can tell you what was happening in the other room. They can tell you the right. serial number. Would is this something that you ever look into? Because it is science, and it also destroys the materialistic world. <clears throat> There's actually a, a movie on it coming out by Angel Studios. I'm a big fan of Angel Studios' work. I am. Um, it's there. It's it's called like After Death or something. So I've researched it. It's um, I I try to stay with my work into a little bit more of the hard sciences. 
mm-hmm. because there's so much, I have so much more work to do. God help me. There's I, so much more to cover. I've got like five videos that I've been trying to work on. I've, uh, I'm just finishing up a video on aliens or extraterrestrials being demons that I'm releasing on YouTube tomorrow, but I hate to oh, shamelessly plug this. It's it's I'm really excited about it. it's 22 minutes. I'm premiering it on my YouTube channel tomorrow at 8 p.m. So if you're watching this, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll yeah, comment guys. in there. It's going to be uh, it's 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 I've pretty much an open and shut case. That Angel, I mean that uh, the, the aliens, aliens are demons, right? So I'm looking for especially because people conjure it uh, that's that program with that dude. I'm sure you are you're going to be covering mm-hmm. this. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, Alistair Crowley and Jack Parsons yes. and all those guys. I cover all of that. The Babylon working. It's an open shut case and so i've been working really hard on that it, it we decided to really try to make as professional a video as i could it's the first uh, mini film or mini documentary i've made in a couple of years so i've been doing these tiktok shorts or whatever but yeah if you could please come watch that uh it's dropping tomorrow we'd love if you're a christian and you want to know about aliens you're going to watch this and know and you can share it it's short enough that you can share it but anyways uh, once I'm as I'm done with this, hopefully by I'm going to work on it tonight till probably two or three in the morning because I got to get finished. But um, I can go back to some of these videos on TikTok that I need to make because these little short hitters, flood videos, you know, top five reasons the Earth is younger than we were taught, eight hundred thousand views. Um, you know, we have this opportunity to. It doesn't help me with the YouTube algorithm, but as far as getting this information in front of the secular world, making pe- not making people, but having people, even if they, especially if they disbelieve, VOR is built to reach the secular world. You know, I'm trying to reach the atheists, but they walk, it comes up on their TikTok channel. And they go, oh, I hate what this guy's saying. And then they go, well, and they have to like process it. It's, it's in their head now. A ton of videos uh, I need to get back to on it. But um, the near death thing, it's it's exciting because, um, you know, we know this isn't the end. And pretty much, I mean, most people that have ever lived up until recently believed it wasn't the end. You know, our consciousness isn't in this reality. It's uh, coming from outside of this reality. We don't know how this works particularly, but yeah, when you die, you're going back to, you're going to meet your maker. <laughs> That's why the, that saying is in place. Um, in that Angel Studios video, uh, I think the stats are 23, 77% of people have positive experiences. 23% have a negative experience. That is horrifying. 23%. This is why we have to go reach the lost. They are being uh, lied to and separated from their God as, uh, you know, science believing that, you know, whatever, there is no God through this uh, misinformation. We have to get our people out of this. We got to get them on the boat because uh, people are dying uh, in their uh, lack of belief because they were told something, you know, false about this reality. But um, 23% going to hell is very scary, very sobering. That's why we work out our salvation with trembling. One out of four, that's not a good number, y'all. That's not a good number. Um, so anyways, it, near-death experience is super uh, exciting science. Uh, I just – I don't cover it personally, but you guys uh, – sounds like he's done great work on it. And uh, these are the kind of things that Christians should look into to help bolster their faith. So I'll, I'll keep it in mind. There's something to do down the road, but I don't cover it. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with you. When you have certain things that you're, you're, that you're on, for example, uh, you know, I focus on Catholics – and and building up young Christians. So when people say, "Mike, can you debate a Jehovah's Witness?" Like, no, I really can't because I you, my brain can only contain so right. much information at once, and I have to focus in certain areas. I like to look, I like to dabble right. over there, like science. I love seeing what's over there, but I right. I don't think I have the time. Um, right. But I, I, yeah, I appreciate you being on here. Say your username and everything one more time because okay. I really want people. Is that accurate on screen with, with Mara? Thank you, there? Mara, for sharing that. So Voice of Reasons Official 2 is the TikTok handle. Uh, here on YouTube, it's Voice of Reasons Official. Again, what I'm going to do after this, I'll go in and I'll just make a comment. Here's my channel if you guys 
would come follow it. Um, and then you can find it that way. Yeah. Cause it's, it's unfortunately, I mean, everybody says, Oh, I'm shadow banned. It's, uh, my content isn't the kind of content that YouTube is or Google is excited to push, you know, uh, anti science misinformation, you know, fringe kind of stuff. So unfortunately it is kind of hard to find me people all the time. They'll look there. I had a video, uh, the light at conception video. Some of you may have seen it. Yes. Um, it was stitched Amazing. by cap Chatfield. He got a, a, a million or 2 million views on YouTube. I put the same video on YouTube and got like 700 views, <laughs> same video. Um, the original one. So it's hard to find me. People look up light at conception, voice of reasons, and they can't find me. So it, it can be hard. So I'll post it in there, but it, yeah, it's voice of reasons official. Um, that should, or voice of reasons, Luke, sometimes that'll help you find it, but unfortunately it's kind of hard to find me. Well, I can tell you this house. much, Luke. This is our first time speaking again. I'm not making that up, guys. This is this is our first time interacting. We've texted each other probably a total of like five times. Like, hey, you want to do this? Sure. I, I look forward to it. Really love your stuff. All right. See you tonight. Like, that's the most we had. So, but I can tell you uh, right now that we will gladly share as much as we can over here. Because like I tell people all the time, and I, I mentioned it earlier, I don't care who I want to, I want more Christians that know what they're talking about, because that's important. <laughs> getting forefront that's why we brought JD, brought jd over here to this um gladly we'll have you back as much as possible and share it uh we need to be guys in the comment section you heard him what his page is go follow go go Thank repost you. the goal is that other people see these videos they, they and because right. don't pay attention guys to the negative comments i know you all see in my comments the silent viewer occasionally comments like hey i never comment but thank you the yeah. silent viewers are who we do it for. We know that no. they're Amen. there. We don't care about them. Amen. Satan's demons, whatever. The silent viewers need to see it. And every time you hit repost, there's one silent viewer that sees it. So, right. um, yeah, Luke, any, anything you want to say before we close out? Yeah, last thing, um, if you are trying to navigate my, my content, the TikTok content is quick hitting, flashy, mass consumable. Right now, the YouTube content, uh, obviously, I covered a ton. If you were watching this and you were like, that's too fast, you're covering a lot. I have uh, about 40 hours right now recorded of what I do live deep dive shows. So like when I did the top five video uh, about the evidence for the flood, I do an hour and a half teaching on it specific to evidence about the flood. Um, an hour and a half teaching on young earth, an hour and a half teaching on, you know, uh, any of these things that I'm talking about. So if if you're like if you're someone who is interested in trying to consume this information and you go to my YouTube channel, that's what you're going to find there right now. Long form deep dive content. If you want quick hitters, that's going to be on TikTok. And we don't share the TikTok videos on YouTube because I always use like copyright music on TikTok uh, that, that they won't let me play on YouTube. So I know it's kind of confusing, but quick hitting, share it with your friends. One minute videos on TikTok and then the YouTube is the more of uh, the deep dive stuff. And we would really appreciate it if you did uh, subscribe on YouTube. So we're trying to build that channel. Absolutely. And guys, I've told you before that when everybody asks me, Mike, how did you get the knowledge that you have? And I told you that if you stop listening to music for a few years and every time you're in your car, you listen to things that are knowledgeable, yes. you will bring in as much information as an associate's degree in one year, just yes. driving to work and 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 and, and, and taking audio books or whatever. So there you go. He has an hour and a half uh, episode. So that means tomorrow when I get in my car, I'm going to want to go check out, you know, these things and I'll hit play. I'll drive if 30 minutes in the car, I get 30 minutes of it. Um, I'm telling you guys, if you sacrifice your music, your Christian music, that's just repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again, you can bring in so much information audio. Well, I'll tell you what you got to sacrifice. And when I say this, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not even a, like a good Christian. You know, I, I try, I don't try to claim that I'm like, 
better than anybody, but uh, I do not have cable. <laughs> I do not have Netflix. I do not have Amazon Prime. I don't do those things. I if you if you can get off the hard stuff, I number one, like if you're on Disney, I, this is sounding crazy. We didn't get to talk about my testimony. My mom was a witch saved by Jesus. Jesus told her to burn Jesus. She had a Christophany burn all of your books. I, every, I would tell you guys, seriously, it's going to sound controversial. Take everything you have Disney and throw it in the trash. Every single thing you have that's Walt Disney. That is Babylonian magic for children. And I'm not saying that lightly. Get off of Disney. Get off of Netflix. Get off of binge watching shows. I don't care what it is. Walking Dead, whatever. Get off of that stuff and be immersed in the word. Be immersed in like we Christians 10 years ago, 20 years ago, couldn't sit there all day and consume really valuable Christian content like you can now. I listen to scripture every night. I have um, oh yeah. Line of Judah. I I've love their YouTube page. Line of Judah is good. I actually have uh, Alexander Scorby's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Genesis. I play them on repeat every night. I dream, listen, inundate yourself with the word. I do that when I'm sleeping. And then during the day, find things you're interested about. But yes, consume content related to getting more knowledgeable into the word of God. This is the infinite representation of the mind of our God. This is his his way that he communicated to us. So research the word. You got to get yeah. off that stuff. You got to get off of all of that worldly stuff. And again, I'm not saying that like, I'm not trying to say like I'm better than anybody. I'm not. I mean, I still listen to music here and there. My son and I, I've got him on like 80 synth pop and like, you know, whatever. I'm not saying not listen to music, but try and prioritize because a lot of a lot of this that, that I'm doing was when I realized I was passionate about it, I just started cramming. I realized I'm a good audio learner and I'm really good at recall. So I listened to, uh, probably twenty five hundred dollars, uh, twenty five twenty five hundred hours worth of content yep. before I had any idea that I was going to do this, and it really started to set the foundation of understanding these scientific concepts and these, you know, uh, science of the Bible concepts. That's my niche, but just I, I'm with you, yeah. brother. You got it, people. You have to, uh, you know, spend that time because we all are told to be able to give an account, and what mm -hmm. I'm doing is uh, basically having done a bunch of research and aggregating that information and then being able to speak on it. And if I didn't do the research, if I was just watching football games or Netflix, or whatever, I couldn't have this conversation with you guys today. So the, har the harvest is great and the workers are few. We yeah, and, I, and I'll say that I agree with him and I'm not good at it. Cause I do still, I'm still, uh, I love a movie here and there, but remember what I said in the beginning of my journey, I cut it all out really heavily and then I slowly, I, I take breaks and that's my thing. However, I agree with him because what I want to end with saying is just to point out what we've been saying this whole night about the devil's long game. We love amusement, right? Have you ever thought about guys listening? What amusement is? The word muse is something that drives deep thought and deep passion. You put an A in front of something when it's the opposite. So what is amusement? It's the opposite of deep thought and passion. What do you think Satan's greatest tool can be other than making you stop thinking? Apathy. <laughs> that's part of it. I know that's part of it. So uh, what you said you is sit huge. on the couch and vegetate. So the the amusement thing, and that's it, it, if you look at the etymology of the word, a means non, muse means to be to think, to create, to to basically interact. We're made in the image of the creator, right? We're made in the image of God. We're supposed to create. We're supposed to procreate, be be involved in the creation. Now, obviously, we're not the creator, but God wants us to create, and the devil wants us to just sit there and be passive and be programmed. And I can tell you this, there are people listening to this that had something they could have been doing with their life for the kingdom. And instead they watched 
you know, every episode of Friends ever and every episode of whatever, and they sat there and were programmed. I'm not saying, look, and I no, look, I, dude, I did all this. I, stuff. I started my life late. But my right. point is, I wasted a lot of time. So, like, I'm right. saying, it like, testimony, right. and I did too. I did too. But if you, if that's what you did now, you wouldn't be here doing this discussion with me because you'd be oh, watching yeah. a football game or whatever, right? Like, yeah. this is what you'd be doing. I had a skip so football last night, <laughs> right? Monday. So it's yeah, it is Wednesday. It's not Thursday. So, um, it's just it, people like okay. I know we're just going on and on. I'm sorry. We're trying to get out of this conversation, yeah, I mean but too. <laughs> you have an innate attribute that God gave you something that you're gifted in that can help in the kingdom work. Some people are servants. Some people are singers. Some people are content creators. Some people are better at finances. Some people are builders, whatever the devil doesn't want you filling your niche in the kingdom. He wants you hating your job and sitting at home and trying to recuperate from the job that you hate and you know, sit there passive and have and be programmed. Um, we just, I, I, if if we as Christians did it better, if we could just take God more serious and not have Him be an elective, have Him be the Lord of our life, actually our God, not an elective and somebody we visit for an hour. And if we could really work at the thing that God gave us that we're passionate about and spend time on it instead of watching Netflix and Disney, it would be a different game. And the devil, if you've ever read the Screw Tape Letters, I'm a huge fan of C.S. C. S. Lewis. He needs to keep. Um, the wormwood needed to keep our screw tape, screw tape needed to keep wormwood. How did that work? Whatever. When he was trying to get the human to not do the thing, he needed them to be constantly in a place of inaction, thinking, sitting, spinning, and not doing. And God needs us to do. So, um, I, I love that you said that. And I hope, I hope Christians can, you know, we need you out there. We need you in this battle. We, there's, uh, the harvest is great and the workers are few. Hey, we just, we gotta hey, get working. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And I'm going to make sure that we have no choice but to end it. You can tell we're already yep. trying to keep going, but it's naturally going. Yep. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining. Uh, I know you guys enjoyed it, so we will we will bring Luke back. Oh, go ahead, Luke. No, I was just giving the – that's my – when I get off, I do oh, the I, I just caught the finger for a second. I, yep. think, I think you were trying to wave me down. Uh, yeah, but, guys, make sure you guys are back Monday, uh, 9 p.m. Central. Also, make sure you guys are hitting that share button. Like, links are in the description. And also, mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and once this is up on – uh, YouTube, which it should be pretty instant. I'm going to try and go into the comments and add his username. He's probably going to come into the comments uh, mm -hmm. uh, and add it as well. Tonight was an amazing episode. I'll be on TikTok for a little bit for a little Q&A afterwards if you guys want to chat and, and lay back. But um, Luke, awesome. thank you so much. And everybody you, watching, God bless and go in peace. God bless you, brother. Thank you.